0: Hello and welcome to Franchise Me. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And this is the show where two friends go on a journey to find the ultimate movie franchise. Each week we'll talk about a film or films in a series, breaking them down and seeing if they are truly worthy of being in a franchise. As we finish different series, we'll compare and rank them among each other in order to find out which one is truly the best. This week, we dodge dragons, mermaids, and mazes as we compete in the Triwizard Tournament as we discuss Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Mm. Andrew, hello, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, my friend. How are you? Good. Year yeah. four, here we are. Who would have thought? Year four, <laughs> here we are.
1: We're four years ahead in time now. We've entered our 30s. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we are in our fourth year at Hogwarts. Yeah, fourth year very, at Hogwarts. Very exciting. Very exciting. I'm excited to talk about this
1: one. I'm excited to talk about it too. Definitely, um, as we were expecting and as we've kind of been hinting at the last three weeks, a big change with this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, big time it uh, just in terms of like, uh, you know, darkness and story material yes. and all of that, there is certainly a change with this one. And this will be an interesting one to talk about, too, because I know among the fan base, they don't love this one. It's a very controversial it's movie. A, <laughs> it's very... Is controversial the word? I mean, there's... It's it's I, I would say it's just, like, a, a talked-down-upon well, movie. This like, is, people, like the, the fan base is kind of, like, uh, disowned it, in a way. Well,
0: this is one of the ones that probably has the most changes to the book. Yes. And I say controversial because I have seen a lot of people talk about this movie and and they are an- kind of angry about the changes that were made to the book Sure. there are and we'll get to there is a very much a lot of changes done. Right. Whole characters and uh storylines cut from the movie right. for this one. But I did see like I was, you know, looking up trying to do research and looking up people's takes on this and stuff and mm-hmm. I did see some people who were, you know, acknowledging at least the quality of the movie, like right. they were saying, like oh, it's a terrible adaptation. Right. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Oh, and sure. I think there, there is kind of that. So that's why I kind of use controversial. You know, maybe not, maybe not in the typical sense, but like I think as an adaptation, yes, people look look down on this movie very much, though. So, but I think the people do recognize that there is at least a quality here to the movie itself. It's just not what they were hoping for when they went into it. Right. You know. Right. Right. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's just they like the quality, but they don't like the story, which I get. As as an adaptation like this, this is a not the this is not an ad, a direct adaptation of the book. This is the most liberal version of the, the book story we've gotten in a movie so far. Right. I, I will talk more about it, but I'm,
1: I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts. And I think, um, I already know your thoughts, but like on if that benefits the movie, it is certainly one of the farthest, uh, they have gone from the story, from the book yeah. to make this movie. And again, I, I do think this is a good movie Yeah, uh, for sure. Oh, opinions. Uh, oh. Um, I think it's a good movie, but I don't think it's one of the best. And I think maybe veering away from that story a little bit is kind of what hurts it to me. But you know, th- this is stuff we're going to get into. No, but, but like, I, I, I do, I do think it's a good movie. and I think it's better than the fan base gives it credit for.
0: I think they made the right move. To be honest, I yeah. really do. I think that they made the right move. I have to reread *The Goblet of Fire* to kind of maybe accurately, just, you know, give give this answer, mm-hmm. but. Uh, The Goblet of Fire is actually, I think, the first Harry Potter book I've ever read. Um, Oh. Yeah, like... Interesting. uh, And and maybe that kind of fuels my opinion of this movie, because I have a kind of a... Of this story, that I kind of have a connection to this one most, because this is, I think, the first Harry Potter movie I saw in theaters. This is the first Harry Potter book I think I read. Why did you start with year four? So, basically was, I didn't know much about the the books. Uh I remember when they came out... I didn't know much about them. Uh, I came to them a little bit later, and the, a couple of the movies were already out, and I saw them on like cable or whatever. Right. And I kind of like, "Oh, that, those those are neat. Those look interesting." Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, the one that I think was like, kind of like, "Oh, those are books. Why don't you read those books? Why don't you look into reading those?" So, right. And she was like, "Go to your library. Get, you know, get, get one, one of the books to read." Sure. And I didn't know. Like at the time, I was reading like magi- you know, it's like, it was like the Magic Tree House or like oh um, yeah I yeah. forget it's like I forget what. The series is called, but it's like the school kids who have like interactions with monsters. Like Dracula doesn't drive a sports car, or you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. Like, I don't know the name. Yeah, it's something, series. something school kids, like Bailey school kids or something like that. And I used to like read those and box car kids. No, that's a different thing. That's okay. a different thing. But basically, like I well, used you were
1: also really into uh, Junie B. Jones, of course.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Judy Moody and the Not Bummer Summer. Right. right, of course. Now, uh, no, like I used to read books that like book series. They, they had the same characters in it but they weren't necessarily connected you know what I mean like they, they weren't you didn't have to read this book to read this book to read this book sure. Like there might be some references right. but it wasn't a direct sequel or continuation whereas so these I, are like exactly so I right. went to the but I went to the library not knowing and I grabbed the fourth Harry Potter gotcha. book thinking I could just read because that was the only one that was available I think okay. at the time the okay. other ones were out thinking that was what I could do and then I got later I was like oh I kind of need to know more of this but I had known because I would seen the, I think I would seen the movies I knew it enough to understand kind of what was happening and, sure, and sure. at a later date i went back and kind of i, think I, I, I of kind think I kind of read him out of order to believe it or not <laughs> uh, it wasn't until i think i was an adult that's very that's, so, very, that's very on brand for you <laughs> <laughs> but i know it's kind of blasphemy you know how i kind of you know joined this fandom yeah, or whatever sure, sure. but uh, yeah so like that that was I think the first actual one that I read all the way through gotcha okay um, and I loved it so but I think uh, that they do make the right call because I think that that is that there's some really great stuff in there mm-hmm. and I would like to see it but what I've been saying the last couple weeks this is Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire Harry Potter and the whatever you know right and right. a lot of the stuff they cut it's not Harry's story they cut right. some Hermione's story they cut some Weasley twin stories they cut characters that they didn't need to be in right. the movie and, and, you know and we, we, we talked about that we kind of yeah. talk about how it is harry potter's
1: story and you need to focus on the main character and you can't really take as much time to go off on these side uh stories as much because it takes away from the movie and if it was a true adap- adaptation that would add like hours to these movies yeah. and you just can't do it it's yeah. like you have to get these down you know i mean from what we've been doing th- these are landing anywhere between like two hours and 20 minutes and two hours and 40 minutes so for far the most
0: the, part. the shortest movie has been two hours and 20 and even this is all this is, this is 237 four. yes
1: so it's like it, it's falling somewhere within that like give or take two and a half hour range and if you add more to that i mean i don't know if i could sit through a three and a half hour harry yeah. potter movie yeah. just for the sake of i want to stay true to the adaptation i mean it, it just doesn't it wouldn't work that way no and um yeah you know, you you kind of have to just accept these movies the way they are. And you yeah. have to accept that not everything is going to make the movie. That's yeah. just that's just not how it goes. Well, you that's know? exactly
0: what it is. That that's why it it doesn't bother me. It it doesn't right. bother me. Like, yeah, there are scenes I would like to see play out. Yeah, I would like to see that. But like. I know one of the big complaints is people oh I wanted to see the Quidditch World Cup that would be cool but that has no impact on the story whatsoever yeah. we yeah. don't need to see the gameplay of the Quidditch World Cup like right. it doesn't fuel anything other than the fact that we need to know who Victor Crumb is that's it you right. know what I mean so like and again well, I know we're going to get into all this stuff later but I, I'm not mad that people hate on this movie or think this is a bad adaptation because as an adaptation of the book it is weaker but I think as a movie I'm looking at this as a movie For I'm sure. treating this yeah. like I would any other like a fast and furious movie or a terminator movie, I think this is really strong. Sure. And I I, I am really connected to this. And ma- again, maybe it is my own bias. Maybe it is um well once you told me it was the first book you read, now yeah. I'm starting to understand why well, you like this so and, much. And so my my little my own little personal story before we kind of get into it, you know, because we always try to make personal connections with the movies too. Sure. My personal story with this as well is when we were in middle school, we were in eighth grade, mm-hmm. I was entered into and won a local like county-wide computer fair uh oh I we I we had a computer class in eighth grade uh-huh. and I was we wouldn't have not together but no we did I uh I was we did like projects in it and one of my projects I made like a web page for Benjamin Franklin and they selected my web page for Benjamin Franklin and entered it into a community-wide I think you have like, told me this a county okay. yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, like a county. Uh, fair like we're not like computer fair and, okay. and the first place winner would have gone would have continued to go on like, like the state states and stuff or something. yeah right right and I won second place. For my wow. webpage, and they gave me twenty five dollars to Target in gift cards, and what I have used those those gift cards on was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire two disc special edition DVD. That's what I bought. So like literally, I can remember exactly wow. how I got the money. That's cool. So yeah, I have a connection. I've always had a connection to this. Okay, I have a connection to this. Well, I, now I, this is it, starting to explain yeah. a lot. Okay, so okay, I've always this has always stood out to me. This movie's always stood out to me, and it, it's I, I don't I don't think it's the best movie in the series. No, but it has stood out to me. It has stood out to me, and again, we'll we'll get into that more. But yeah, that that's kind of I think you know you can kind of understand a little bit more where I'm yeah, coming from now. This so. all makes sense. And also, one of the brag about the contest I won in eighth grade because not many people know that. And not uh, many people know about uh, your Benjamin
1: Franklin webpage. that won you a twenty-five dollar Target gift card. Thank God.
0: <laughs> fun times, man. Fun times. But uh, do you want just- to thank you, Benjamin Franklin webpage. <laughs> You want to just kind of get into it, I guess? Yeah, and let's jump in, man. <laughs> I can talk about it. So, release date. This is at a release date of November 18th, 2005. Mm-hmm. I believe this was actually released both, on that day, in both U- United Kingdom and United States. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure. If not, yeah. I'm wrong, whatever. But, uh, directed by Mike Newell. Mike Newell. And, we another director. Our, our third director our in this franchise director. so far. Um, and the last new director. And the new last new director. director. Well, well,
1: no, no, we no. Get, There's... Technically a new one next week, but yes. That is the same person all the way through. Yes,
0: I, I meant like the last like changeable director. Like this is the yes. last one who'll come in and not do and not do another like yes. We'll get one more. And then he stays Yeah, for seven movies. Which, it, that'll be a cover <laughs> We got to talk about that. We're going to talk about that over the weeks because
1: I have opinions on that. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it really starts to show in the work uh, later on. But I will say, um, for this one, Mike Newell, good, really good director.
0: Yeah. Uh, I know. don't know much about him. I ha- I haven't like looked into his filmography. Right. I, but I know that he's done, you know, some critically acclaimed work, some yeah. beloved and, work, you know. So you know, stepping into
1: this one, he he definitely, you know, I mean big shoes to fill after uh Cuaron on uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. And he comes in and he brings a real darkness to this yeah. that is necessary brings a much more I think singular vision to this like you can kind of tell this is like when you watch this movie you walk away going well that wasn't Quaran for sure yeah and this wasn't Chris Columbus this is an entirely he's not trying
0: to pick up where Quaran left off he's doing his own thing he's doing
1: his own thing which is kind of the thing with all of these movies in a way like with a different director like there's all you can always feel this is their thing so yeah he definitely has his own vision I like the vision it is a much darker movie not even just like uh Uh, Tonally and story wise, but also just like how it's shot is almost darker, too. It it feels like you're watching this um, almost with like this tint over it like everything feels yes. darker and I think he does a really good job of capturing uh, teen angst yes really yeah. really well
0: yeah and I know well so one Mike Knoll was was I mentioned uh, in the first episode that he was up for contention for the first movie film he mm-hmm. they did consider him obviously yeah. he went back to him for this one yes uh, and I know that I don't have this in like fun facts or anything I don't think I know that he, he kind of went into this movie looking to make this a kind of like a psychological thriller like he Ooh. watched some like Hitchcock okay and I I think that, that looking back at this, knowing that, I think you can you can see that. like There's some there's influence. A, there's a yeah. mystery to this. Like They right. play this off as a mystery. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it, it, we might not look at it as a mystery because we know what's going to happen. We read we the know, book. Yeah, we know what's happening. But, but it, there again, is a, there's
1: that general audience who has it.
0: Yeah, and there's this mystery to what is happening you know what what really is going on and who who kind of did this or who did what or what what is who's who or whatever
1: yeah who put harry's name in the goblet like how does this all you know because that that's kind of where the mystery starts yes is once his name pops out you're like oh who did this yeah you know it's interesting
0: and this movie has always plagued me like when i've talked to people about the harry potter franchise. This movie's always stood out to me of I, I can't really explain it. Like it has always stood out to me in different. Mm-hmm. It felt different than anything uh that we've seen before and I never could really explain it. And watching it this time I think the I think the word came to me. Kind of like how in Prisoner of Azkaban, I used whimsical to describe that yes. movie. I think the word to describe Goblet of Fire is chaotic. Yes. And I think Chaotic is... 100%. This is a very chaotic movie. There's a lot of chaos. Yeah. I mean, literally, within the first 10 minutes with everything with the Quidditch World Cup, like, there is... And I think Mike Newell... And maybe that is the psychological thriller aspect of it kind of has this like chaos and chaotic uh, energy about him. And and you can
1: kind of actually see that on that 20th anniversary special. They show some (laughs) behind the scenes stuff. (laughs) Yes. I mean, uh, famously, I mean, the thing with him was he
0: does treat them like adults. Yes.
1: But he seems to run a very chaotic but like upbeat and fun set. Yes. So that
0: was what they all said. That's one thing I wanted to say, too. Thank you for reminding me that. In the last episode, I did mention uh, the 20th anniversary special, and I actually got a quote wrong from it. I want to correct it. Sure, sure. I said that they talk about Chris Columbus treating them like kids or, or accepting them as kids uh-huh. when they were on the first two movies. And I I attributed uh, Alfonso Cuaron as them in the quote to treating them as adults. It was actually Mike Newell they said when Mike Newell got there he treated them just like adults, like you right. like would any other actor. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that's kind of what it was. But also you're right, this fun energy to it. There's clips that in the 20th anniversary special yeah. of them like shooting water guns at him. Yeah. There's a very famous thing they talk about like the fight between the Weasley twins and yeah. they're fighting and Mike Newell literally just grabs one of them and just gets on the ground. And this guy's like he's Yeah. And he gets on the ground and he's rustling on on the ground and he's you know he's he's in there, like you can feel it. Like I think there is a chaotic energy to him as a director that you can see on film.
1: He has this chaos about him, this chaotic energy. You're right. And it's it's fascinating to kind of like watch the behind the scenes stuff because this movie is dark, but then you look at the behind the scenes stuff and it's just like this fun set, yeah, and you're like, what? How did he even but I, I think that also kind of attributes to like if you're running a fun set, you can probably get what you need out of action if everyone feels comfortable and like feels like oh yeah. i can i can have fun and then i have to tune in and do this you know it, it, it really attributes I think to it's, that it's easier it to, keeps the energy high i
0: think especially when you're working with people of this age it's easier to get like the darker performances you need when right. you're allowing they're not living in darkness like yes you let's take your dark energy or your darkness and channel it into this scene but then we're going to make everything else light and fun and, yeah and we're gonna have a good time. And after you, you know. shoot
1: after you do the after you shoot the scene, I'm gonna shoot you the water gun. Yeah, and ex- that's gonna be it. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and and also, you know, I mean, this was a I I have not seen anybody say this, but I imagine this has got to be like the biggest of the production so far because yes. again I watched like some behind the scenes stuff and that's what it looks like it is because I mean I have a for my cast I have a whole separate thing just on the new cast because there's so many new cast members in right, this movie right. there's so much going on here I think I think it adds to like the big nature of the movie right and again one of the things that you know we'll talk about it in the fun facts but I did mention to you before uh, that they did debate making this. Movie into two movies mm. they did the debate splitting this up because yes, it is yes. so big, it and is that, a big, and that book, way they right. could do all the side stories exactly, and, and that film, way and make it a true adaptation exactly. But I think I think they made the right call and just yeah, trimming I mean, it down and I, doing what they it's, did. It's good that they did what they did for sure. But. No, Mike Knoll definitely brings his. Uh, it's unique. It's probably. I don't know. I feel like this might be the most unique. Like Corone stands out. I was gonna say. I was like. I it, think it's between a, the two of them, right? But I think, think it's, it's fair to say that they are both unique. Well, they, when you, and you're right. They both are yeah. unique. But I think. I don't know. I think that Corone's more reminiscent to the Columbus style mm-hmm. than I think this is. Sure. If that makes any sense. That makes sense. Because this, this is this is the movie that ushers in the new. Yeah, well, uh, the, the yeah. era of Harry Potter. Exactly, the, the, by the ending of this movie, we're in a completely new state. Wizarding world. Yeah, basically, yeah. you know, and that'll be fun to talk about. But yeah, wonderful job by Mike Newell, and uh, I think yeah, I think he did a great job. Yeah. So uh, written by Steve Jobs. Surprise, another, surprise name, another name who's going <laughs> to just stick with us
1: throughout the rest of time, except next week. Yes. Yeah.
0: Much spoiler. Yeah. But. I think I think we might miss him next week we'll see but, uh, <laughs> I think so too. Again, I uh you know talking of Steve Close, I think he made the right choices here what to cut and what For to sure. what to bring in here. Again, you know we have been talking about uh, the adaptation version of this, you know, how mm-hmm. he what he had to trim and all everything right. like that. I did watch an interview like from around the release of the last movie so I think like 2011 okay. between Steve Close and J.K. Rowling before she you know was a cover all her stuff right? yeah it was more controversial Yeah. and she did say to him basically that she thinks he did a great job and that she thinks he cut basically all the rights, not just this movie in all everything every movie and that she herself realized while, even while she was writing these books especially once they started making the movies right. that what she was writing some things weren't going to be able to be translated right. into the movie because you would have to have an eight hour long movie and she's yeah. like I know that yeah there are probably fans who would sit in the theater for eight hours and watch it but realistically they're not going to make that you know what I mean realistically so, we we can't just cater to those fans it, yeah. because we're doing
1: this for a wide audience yeah you know
0: she understood that there are certain things and if there was anything overly important for the most part she would kind of pick it and try right. to fight for it and right. guide him but overall like she thought that she was happy with it but she yeah. did admit that there are, is a fan base that was at was upset by it so it's funny that even the creators like i don't really care but these 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 people do right so. right but no i mean it, it's hard it's it's a challenge when you have something a well, book you have this to, big you
1: have to learn to streamline it that's yeah. all it is i mean these the fans who get angry about this stuff just it makes me laugh because it's like you just can't you can't you can't just make this entire book like this unless it's a two-part movie or it's like a television series yeah. that's the only way and, you're going to do and it and that probably would be the more interesting way probably to do the it the more interesting way to do but it but th- like that for, wasn't an option at the time at this time period we hadn't really entered that age of like oh let's make uh, an adaptation about uh, the Harry Potter movies as a TV show I mean like Netflix isn't streaming yet you know I think they're doing DVDs but they're not streaming yet you know there's, yeah. no, show, there's no streaming at this time it's like what network television channel is going to pick up an adaptation yeah. it, it just doesn't make sense even it's
0: hbo like, was doing like prime stuff but like it wasn't doing it was doing like prestigious shows but it wasn't doing the big block was no game of thrones or anything there's like no that game yet. of thrones yeah. yet
1: it's kind of you're still kind of in that like sopranos stage like there's still things happening but like they're not doing these big budget adaptations yeah. yet so you just have to kind of accept that at this time and say it is what it is you know you have yeah. to accept this movie for what it is maybe 20 30 years down the line we'll see that we'll see like okay let's turn it into a television series and i'm sure that'll be really interesting but for right now this is the best you're gonna get you have to streamline it just it's the it's a product of its time and it needed to happen yeah that is how it is you're absolutely right you got it fan base get over
0: it (laughs) (laughs) uh his comments don't represent uh all franchise me represents me (laughs) (laughs) uh budget uh, it's had a 150 million dollar budget. Yep, money's there. You can see it. Yeah, you money's there. But box office 896.7 oh. million. Dollars. My God! And those numbers just keep growing yeah. or stay the same. Yeah, They're kind of like I mean, like I said last week, like box office, box office bomb and Harry Potter don't go together. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I mean that. That's kind of the nice thing about doing the series. Uh, this block, we're li- I mean, we're considering this kind of like the blockbuster summer series. Yeah, and there's a reason for that is because those numbers are really, really high. For all of the Harry Potter Consistently, stuff. Consistently, yeah. Consistently, it's people go to see these movies. I mean, it was a phenomenon of like the highest yeah, caliber. People went to go see these movies. Kids were um, using their $25 Target gift cards at one of computer fairs <laughs> to buy the DVDs. Yes, like it, it really, like you can see those numbers never go away. You know, and of course they, they fluctuate with each movie. You know, every not every movie's a billion dollars or anything like that. They all fluctuate, but they make a lot of money regardless of what it is. And <laughs> I shouldn't say Every, you know, because when we get to uh, Fantastic Beasts in a few weeks, uh, <laughs> there's some fluctuating numbers yeah. there. Yeah, um, but we are considering that a separate thing. So. We're considering a separate thing, but it's Wizarding World. Yes, yes, yes. But um, for Harry Potter, this franchise, the Harry main, Potter, the, the, the main, main series, line, yeah. franchise, high numbers all the way across. Yeah. I mean, not one of these movies does badly. And that's, like, insane to talk about. Like, usually franchises have to build this was like hot right out the gate. <laughs> yes, it was.
0: <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. It, when you first. Pre- well,
1: it's because it's the most lucrative property in the world at that time. Yeah. Like when they said
0: we're making these movies, Harry Potter was the most lucrative yeah, property in the world. This this came out at like the perfect time for it, box office wise. Right. Um. Maybe not like filmmaking wise, because I kind of said before, I think that they could maybe do more creative or better things with more technology right. later. But I think like box office wise, like. There were, superhero movies weren't really around like the X-Men were just kind of starting around this time what year was this 2004 this is 2005 2005 yeah. so I think there's already been no I know but I mean when the franchise debuts I got so you. Yeah. When the, in 2001 when the first one came out. Right, right, right. All, all the way up to 2011. So 2000 is X Men, right? Yes. So X Men's just starting to take off. Batman's not until this year. It's 2005. 2005 it right, we right. don't get to the, the Dark Knight stuff. The MCU's not made to 2008, and that really doesn't take off till 2012. Mm-hmm. So like. It really nails it at the perfect time of like, there's competition, but it's not what we're facing now. Like there's not, it's not facing three MCU movies, two DC movies. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think, I mean, Harry Potter dominated
1: the 2000s. Yeah. Like it dominated the aughts, if you will. Yeah, It just, that was the big thing. I mean, even when MCU starts in 2008, Iron Man makes money, Sure. But, like, Harry Potter doesn't have to worry about Iron Man taking away its money. People are still going to see yeah. those Harry Potter movies. And that's kind of unheard of. And you're, it, you're right. I, I'm really curious to see, like, it, there's kind of a world where I think about it. I'm like, I wonder how Harry Potter would have done the 2010s against Marvel.
0: Well, I think Because there's... it
1: almost feels like they snuck this franchise in right before that takeover. And they got it in. And they got it done. And people want to see every single one right before that takeover really started. I think you're going to Because the last one's that. 2011. And MCU is kind of starting to find their
0: way. Yeah. yeah, I think you're kind of seeing that with the Fantastic Beasts, though. And yeah. and they're and you know they're really not. You know, they're, like the first the first two
1: mm-hmm.
0: did well enough, but did not not mainline Harry Potter right. universe. You know, right. when we did our year in franchise uh, for was it 2018 was the second the second Fantastic Beast movie Crimes of, yeah. of Grindelwald Crimes of Grindelwald you were surprised that it's in the top 10 but it, I think it was 10 I think you it was were, number 10 you yeah. were very surprised because a Harry Potter movie is usually at least top 5 right you, you, know. you would think like a Wizarding World movie would be high but yeah. it's,
1: it's you know th- there is that world where you think like how well would Harry Potter do against MCU I personally think it probably still would have done really well I think so I yeah. think it would have done really well but it is funny to look at like you know the MCU box office domination now and kind of look back and go like Harry Potter was this I, in the 2000s yeah. like this was box office domination all the way and through. even
0: like other adaptations of other famous you know young adult n- novels or whatever like Hunger, they, Games, they, you know, whatever, Hunger whatever, Games Twilight, Twilight they, they like they, again they're successful they make money right but they don't it's not you know, Harry Potter no I mean you know yeah. I, I, we'll talk about Twilight one day but I was looking at the last Twilight movie last night and made 700 something million dollars like, right. like that's very impressive it's very good yeah but t- so that's not what the, the last Harry Potter movie made more than that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is what the fourth Harry
1: Potter movie made more than yeah, that. Yeah, I mean we're going to be talking some Harry Potter movies, especially towards the end that crack a billion.
0: Well, we already talked about source of already, stone with the with yes, the re release. you right, cracked
1: a billion, cracked a billion. And I know those later movies just made a billion on its own. So yeah. it's going to be you know it's 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 crazy to think about. But
0: yeah, yeah. you you said the word phenomenon like that, that's what it was it is it was a great time to live in though I, I loved it oh it is like it was really cool just going to like see harry potter movies when they came out and, and just being a part of that i never went to any of them but like knowing that there, were, there was like midnight releases for the books and like just it was there, it was like i'd go to bookstores and there'd be posters and things like months in advance like New Harry Potter book, you know, coming out in two in two months yeah, or, yeah. you know, whatever. And it was crazy. Did I ever tell you the story?
1: Just very quickly. Of course. Off the side. Did I tell the story about my mom taking me one of those midnight releases? No, you went to one. Did, did I? No, I don't think... I didn't did. tell that story. Okay. So there was a... Um, I don't remember which book it was. I, I couldn't tell you which book it was. But she took me to one of the midnight releases for the Harry Potter book. She knew I was very into these books. And she's like, oh, yeah, let's go to the midnight release. When we went, what she didn't realize was that the midnight release was for people who like pre-ordered the book. Oh, okay, so we yeah. showed up and they didn't have one for us, obviously. And she was like, oh, you had to pre-order. So we showed up to this bookstore at midnight for nothing. <laughs> and then we went home and she felt really bad about it. And the next day she went like to the bookstore first thing in the morning and bought me the book and brought it home. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. That's really nice. Just a a sweet story. That's a very nice story. Yeah. I I did go to one of those midnight releases and I will tell you what I do remember is standing in line and there were literally people like dressed as yeah, like costume standing outside the bookstore. And I just thought that was wild. I was like, this is really something like these people, like, you know, and I'm like a kid at that time. And these people are just, you know, they have their hats on, they have their robes on and I was like, this is wild. wands at the ready just to get a book yeah and like you don't see that anymore no you don't like you will never I don't know if we're ever going to see something like that again and
0: I'm I I can't wait to talk about that more probably in the retrospective kind of the phenomenon like it is that that this this was like like, it really really, was
1: it's so funny because we keep saying that but I don't know if you didn't live it it's so hard to like really explain how this much how this really was a phenomenon and how much Harry Potter dominated the culture at one time it really did
0: so let's talk Rotten Tomatoes yeah let's do it critics have certified fresh at 88 percent nice wow critics liked it audience is fresh at 74 so interesting a okay. little, little lower a little lower but little still fresh
1: so fresh lower you know and i, I imagine that other like 25 percent there were Kind of the fans that were like, it's not a true adaptation. <laughs> I imagine it's those people. Probably. Yeah, it's probably, probably those people. But,
0: you know, I love those numbers. I, I you know, we, uh, I'm excited to talk about this. So, mm-hmm. want to go into the cast? Here we go. All right. So, like I said, I have this, uh, we'll I have two casts. I have the cast, the kind of returning cast, and then have the new cast. So, okay, cool. you want to do one at a time? Let's, yeah, let's do one at a time. Let's okay. do
1: returning, and then we'll go to the okay. new
0: New, because with the new, there's not a lot. But I, I there, there's a lot of characters in this movie they that get are introduced. introduced that, that and most of them come back. So yes. that's why I wanted to talk about them at least and we don't have to talk about all of them but at least kind of hit on them a little bit and yeah, sure. get their names in here but I don't want I, I feel overwhelmed when the list is yeah. 20 names like, at yeah. once we know. went into
1: this and I, I mean even when we were talking about this we were like this cast list is going to be like you know because it just kind of grows with every movie Yeah. but so. well, the
0: problem is by the end of the movies everybody has at least one major moment that you need yeah. to talk about so yeah. that's kind of like oh I want to make sure we say everybody <laughs> absolutely you know? yeah um, but starring Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter Rupert Grint as Ron Weasley Emma Watson as Hermione Granger Michael Gambon as Albus Dumbledore Robbie Coltrane as Hagrid Jason Isaacs as Lucius Malfoy Alan Rickman as Severus Snape Maggie Smith as Minerva McGonagall Tom Felton as Draco Malfoy and Timothy Spall as Peter Pettigrew yeah okay cool those are the major returning characters there's obviously like Gary Oldman pops up in here for a scene. I don't have him. It's it, that's a it, cameo. Yeah, that
1: is a cameo. I mean, that he, his body isn't even seen. Yeah, He's,
0: well, it's, it's a freaking face in the um, in the fireplace, Fire, yeah. and you're just
1: like, you're like, oh, okay. I mean, it's cool to see him. Yeah, it's cool to see... like that effect is really cool. Yeah but it's it i i wouldn't credit him either because it's no, no, like no. it's fine if it, the scene's fine obviously he is somebody
0: we'll talk about much more next week yeah in order
1: um but for this one it's fine
0: yep. it's fine it's a fine cameo so um, of this returning cast is there anybody you want to talk about you know hey! the... <laughs> it's scary don't you put your neck on my I was hoping you were going to go there first because I got, I got a lot to say about this. This is the movie where we get it. We
1: get Dumbledore in your face. He slams Harry against the wall. Gets in his face. Did you put your name on a goblet? I mean, I was like, I really like this. I mean, I still really I'm like I'm going
0: to tell it. you. I Yeah, I really love I, I really, love really love it. like you it. You know why I love it? I've thought about this a lot. Yeah. Okay, because we've talked about last week with Michael Gambon's Dumbledore. Well, we talked. We've been talking about Dumbledore a lot. Yes, these last couple of movies, yes. and we've we, had to though. Yes, of course, and we talked about the again. We always repeating ourselves, but yeah, yeah, the Richard Harris version being this. what child Harry sees pop quiz, pop quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Love that as we uh, as we've coined what he sees. When he looks at what he hears is the best, greatest wizard of all time or whatever, right? This old, frail man. And then kind of the Michael Gambon one being kind of how Dumbledore actually is. Maybe there's more levels to him. And we talked about with Prisoner of Azkaban... This is a man that knows everything. Yes. He knows everything that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He knows what has already happened, what will happen, yes. what needs to happen, what might happen, everything. Everything's Th- in that man's head. They go back in time and they find out before any of this even happened, mm-hmm. Dumbledore knew that they were going to have to go back in time and take Buckbeak. And he was distracting Fudge and everybody. Yep. And he knew. He knew everything. Right? Yes. What we get here is a Dumbledore that is scared. Yes. He doesn't know everything. Mm-hmm. For the first time in this entire series, yep. somebody got a one-up on him. Yes. Barty Crouch Jr. got a one-up on Dumbledore. Barty he, did, Crouch he, Jr. he did not know what happened. He did not know how Harry's name got in the Goblet of Fire. He did not know why it was there, what was going to happen. He knew it wasn't good, but he didn't know what yep. was going to happen. And we see a scared Dumbledore. And in that moment, it is Dumbledore having fear. I don't look at that as... Dumbledore being mad at Harry because he thinks he put it in there. I think he's desperately... He almost wants Harry to admit that he did it because he knows... He's fearful for Harry. That something is going to happen. We see him standing over the pensieve and a scene that I really love when he's talking to the teachers. Yeah. McGonagall, Snape, and even Moody, or quote-unquote Moody. Quote-unquote Mad-Eye Moody. uh, You know, we're we're all anxious about what's going to happen. Like, he's... This guy's scared. He's scared. He has no idea what's going to happen. We are seeing a new level to Dumbledore. We are seeing, dare I say, one of the secrets of Dumbledore? You know? (laughs) (laughs) But we are seeing this... Boy, that's going to be a movie to talk about. <laughs> this this layer of this character yeah. that has always been calm, cool, collected, and above everybody. Knows head of everything. head of the curve. And he doesn't. Yeah. And, and I think, I thought, and that's one of the main reasons why I love this movie so much. Yep. Because I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I
1: think as a character, that was the only way I think Michael Gambon could have gone with this character. You know, and I know when we get to differences in the book... The famous thing. Dumbledore says
0: calmly, shut up. (laughs) How about that? How about we're watching a movie? I think it's fun to point out. And make fun of if you are actually upset because of how he said it. Like, I don't care if you point it out, of I, course, of, of course, course, it is a major difference. Sure, it is a major difference, but
1: that's kind of the famous major difference that everybody rags on this movie about. But, like, or yeah, and specifically Michael Gambon and specifically it. Michael Gambon but, but, like, I think in that moment, as a character choice, well of course he's scared, he doesn't know what's going on. Somebody, I don't know if it was Mike Newell, I don't know if this was Michael Gambon making a choice and saying, Let's try or this, or even, yeah, whoever. whoever it was, but I. think it was the right way to go like he has to be like dumbledore wouldn't be interesting if he was calm all the time yeah that's the way i feel i think he needs to have that energy he needs to have kind of that frenetic energy that he gets later because especially when we get to six he's doing some crazy stuff in six and it's like we need this to happen so i like what they do in that moment i like gambit's performance through this entire movie yeah because it feels like every task that's happening. He's like worried for Harry every single time. Because he's yeah. like, is this where something happens? Like he doesn't know what's going to happen. I mean, even the speech and, he gives them before they go
0: in the maze. Yeah, like he's it's a, like, very yeah. like...
1: It, it, yeah, it's very like, we will come get you if something is wrong. Or but he's like, like he's you know, also he's like, this will corrupt you. This like, will this corrupts corrupts you. the worst like, of everybody absolutely. out. Absolutely. He's like, and he's just, like, you just could, know that. He's like, 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 you could lose your mind in here. Like, it's just all this stuff. And you're like, that's always been Dumbledore, though, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, is he,
0: though? I mean, uh, Dumbledore's Dumbledore not honest, no.
1: He's not honest all the way. That's true. But I, I, I think there are moments of honesty yeah. in this movie. Even at the end, after Cedric, he tells everybody Voldemort killed Cedric yeah. Diggory. So I think. There are moments of honesty there. You know, it's it's a great performance by Gambit, yep. man. And I, I I hate that people rag on him so much because I, I really feel like, to me, that's my Dumbledore. Yeah. I love Richard Harris. It's so good for those early movies. But I just couldn't see Richard Harris doing this. Yep. You know, and I'm like, I like Gambit's performance. I think he's just very, he's got it you know there,
0: I mean Dumbledore is such a layered character there's layers to layers to layers of Dumbledore right? yes. like you know like I said like, it's almost endless yeah well, it is I mean and, and the seventh book is very much and a little bit in the movie too but the seventh book specifically is very much like we're delving into the backstory of Dumbledore and what happened to yep. him and all of this stuff and again mm-hmm. Secrets of Dumbledore is literally all about that like that's yeah. the plot of that movie and we'll we get actually to... get to see his brother yeah. uh, Aberforth well, we get to see him in the main line we see him in the main line series, yeah, series but we, too but... we, more to learn more about him and yep. stuff yeah like there's layers to it and if we don't get a, a moment like this or a movie like this where we start to see kind of cracks to that or that yep. there is layers to it then it would feel almost like you got hit by a truck by the time you got there and be like wow this guy who has always been calm cool collected and kind and, and whatever yep. and never let anything bother him he actually had like this big backstory and it would feel kind of like well it's undeserved almost like yeah it wouldn't feel earned yeah and I think being able to see that oh there is more to this guy Yep. There, there is a fear to this guy like i think that really makes it work better when we have to explore the darker elements to dumbledore because we're starting to see that a little bit right? yeah so Absolutely. he knows he kind of has an idea of what's happening and he kind of real like he do, i think he does know Kind of what's happening. He does know what's going what's going to come of this. Like I think right. th- I think there's a part of him that knows that once his name came out of that cup, that most likely this is probably going to lead to Voldemort's Bad return. Things. Yeah, yeah. He he, ha- he knew immediately as soon as that came out. But, Voldemort. But he can't keep it in because he right. is so scared. And he right. and he's like, how did this happen? How how did how did this get to be? Right. And we see a little bit more than anger too. Even when he bursts in, are you mad at me? Are you Alastair Moody? Are you Alastair Moody? Where is he? Where is he? Yeah. Is he in this room? Yeah. Like you get. You You get that. I love that we get that because, again, not trying to downplay Richard Harris, but could you see?
1: Are you Alistair Moody? Is he in this room? Is Alistair Moody in this room right now? Oh, thank you very much for telling me. (laughs) could somebody open the chest for old oh, pop pop whiz like it's just not yeah. you know it wouldn't work it, like, there's is a lack of intensity there there's a lack of it that's exactly it there's a lack of intensity and you need that from gambin and yeah. gambin brings that almost a uh, uh, a bit of a youthfulness the yeah. Dumbledore, and yeah. that he's not frail and old. He is kind of this, like, still very. You um, understand active, why there's a face wisdom. You understand wizard. why there's a
0: fear for this guy. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm glad we're on the same page with that because I came in here ready to defend Gambin. No, no, no. I have I, nothing, I love this performance. I've told you before.
1: I yeah. like Gambin more than Harris, and yeah. I I think he gets ragged on a lot for this movie, and, he, and, he sh- and and I think it's unfair, yeah.
0: specifically this movie. And I, I love his performance in this It's movie. really yeah. just this one, and you know, whatever. I like it. Yeah. Uh, who else do you want to talk Anybody else
1: you want to talk about? Um, I guess we can just, I, I, I really don't think a lot of the teachers have a lot to do. I um, like, I will say, I, Maggie Smith, I just want to point uh, yes. out. Yes. Fantastic. I mean that whole like Yule ball scene is yes. really, really great. It's just funny too because you don't really get to she's always had like really curt lines that are funny, but to actually see her more like, we're gonna learn to dance, and she's doing this whole thing and that whole scene where she's where she's like, Oh, uh Mr. Weasley come up and Ron goes up and she's dancing with Ron, but even like Filch in the background with the record player. Oh, the record player. So there's a great shot where like Filch is back there and he drops the needle on the record and when it hits the record he like jumps. And he's like, he's like,
0: and you're just like, what? What is going I, on here? I didn't mention him, but he has a lot of great moments because he has the great comedic joke of like every time that the task, like, when the cannon rings, boom! And he's he yeah, and then it goes off and, and he's and like, it. ah, like, like they've kind of found a way for Filch just to be funny in the yeah. movie,
1: which I like. But uh, Maggie Smith is great, especially yeah. in that Yule ball scene. Yes. I think uh, that
0: whole dance is funny. And her performance. The whole thing with Ron just being like, your waist. And it's just, it's great. Her performance in the scene I mentioned earlier with like the Teachers in Dumbledore like is really great. You you do get to see that concern that she has. She really does love Harry Potter, and you she is protective of him. And you see that more than you have seen in any other. You feel you feel kind of that uh, that motherly uh, thing for him, protection of him, absolutely. And you know, I'm sure I'll mention it too. But in that in the Harry, did you put your name in the goblet of fire scene? I love uh, the shot. Of when they're saying Harry Potter is officially the, four, the fourth, you know, he has to enter the tournament. He's the fourth champion. Right. And they cut to all the teachers and everybody there, Kekarov and everybody, yep. and matter Moody and McGonagall and Snape. Everybody has a different reaction. And that scene alone, and McGonagall's is very, like, concerned and yes. fearful for, for him in, right. a, in a very loving manner. And, and Moody's almost, like, sneering a little bit, like kind of like oh my plan's working type of thing like if you really like if you freeze frame that shot and you look at everybody's reaction everybody has a different reaction and i love that i love that yes like that's that stood out to me to see like every like Kekarov's angry and whatever and all these Kakeroff's different things
1: yeah and i i just love to and they this is more like moody but i love how they just kind of lay the seeds for moody yes like they don't show him doing anything evil but they definitely lay those seeds of like yeah, a little smile a little smile happens, here yeah. and there's uh, there's something off with this guy right and um but yeah, Maggie Smith, I just wanted to say, I yeah. loved her performance in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. And
0: also, like, when she sees Ron in the robes, she gives a great, oh, you look, uh... Oh, the robes are so <laughs> funny. The robes are so funny. She's like,
1: huh. I mean, like, she's just she's so like oh my god like you look awful like you look absolutely terrible yeah I, I I guess for the other te- there's not really like I don't even think like Snape has much to do this time around
0: he has a great scene where he's beating the crap out of them whether oh, whether, talking. Yeah,
1: oh he, he, no he's not even yeah he's kind of hitting them with he's the hitting them and he's grabbing them yeah.
0: yeah yeah that's a funny scene too
1: doesn't say a word yeah just kind of a funny comedic scene I think they do a really good job in this movie with making like the professors funny yeah and like kind of showcasing like yeah the kids are acting up let's have like the professors do funny things to them and d- discipline them in funny ways what? and that, that whole scene is funny he keeps hitting them with the papers and then when he sees them talking and he's like pulling up the
0: sleeves getting ready to it's funny yeah there's a great uh, Snape does have a great uh deleted scene it, and I think it's in the book but I don't know if he's doing this in the book where Harry steps out of the old ball and he goes to the, court, the courtyard uh-huh. and Snape's with off or whatever and he's telling him about like they, we see a little bit of it in the in the main movie or like another with version the, of, the, it. Yeah, yeah, the, like, uh, of it yeah but he's like you can feel it too something's yeah. happening you can feel it or whatever yeah. and he's like you know let me see your wrist or whatever you know whatever and while he's talking about this, Snape is going around to different carriages and stopping the students from uh, basically having sex or making out. in the <laughs> carriages. like... He's, he's like, whip, he's like, magically whipping like the doors open. And he's like, 10 points from claw and t- 10 points from Hufflepuff for your behavior or whatever. Like, That's it's so a great, like, little... Because ki- it's a total chaperone thing. Yeah, it's a like, total
1: chaperone thing to, like, stop
0: these kids from making out yeah. or having, Whatever they're doing. And That's Kakaroff's, just- like, just following them the entire time having a conversation. And he's just, like, going in and out. But and he's, he's
1: having this, like... <laughs> pretty like yes like he's talking about like death eater stuff <laughs> and like he's just like five points from griffin you know and he's just like i mean that's insane yeah but that's that's very funny it's a that's great it's funny. a great to win see. i'm gonna have to find that one that's very funny
0: um no i mean you're right uh i really i do want to mention robbie coltrane i really like him. he gets yeah. a little love interest uh gets, a little, lo- a, love yeah. interest. gets a little love interest um, he does a great job with that uh it, it, you know you're right there's not like a lot here because this is we mentioned this is where they focus more on on Harry like there's a lot of Harry like Dana Radcliffe is this is I mean they're all his movie but this is his movie it's it's big time his movie yeah um I guess we can try yeah
1: I uh, the main three very quickly the first movie where we see like real tension in the friendship yes obviously that there's that uh first half before harry's name comes out of the gob uh, out of the goblet obviously there's the rift between ron and harry up until that after that first task it's really interesting to see that because they play with that tension more through the movies as they go on yes and it's really interesting when it's introduced for the first time here and it almost makes sense because you're like well of course ron would be getting to a point where he's like everything's about Harry. When am I going to get my it's moment? It's not Ron it's always, Weasley in the Goblet of Fire. It's never Ron Weasley. <laughs> it's always Harry, Harry, Harry. Yeah. And you're just like, I love that they play with that friendship of like, when you're best friends with the most famous person in the world, in the wizarding world at that time, of course you're going to be kind of thrown to the side a little bit, and you're going to have to be on the sidelines watching him, and naturally, as comes with teen angst, you're going to have that jealousy towards your friend, getting all these moments, and you're just standing there like, okay, when am I going to get my moment? it's sidekick tension. It's sidekick tension, I
0: I understand that. As your sidekick, I feel that. You know, I understand that, so... (laughs) Not true. Um, (laughs) And they play with that tension more going forward, but they
1: also kind of give Ron moments going forward too yeah so it's 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 gonna be interesting but I like I like the main three dynamic this time and I also like that uh, Hermione kind of the glue
0: here kind yeah. of the
1: glue between them and she gets some re- she gets some great moments but even her
0: she has the tension with Ron because she has Ron the... gets up to
1: you know what Ron's the problem what are we even talking about <laughs> well, Ron's that's,
0: clearly the problem that is kind of the that again that I have mentioned that people have complaints about Ron in these movies yeah because he comes off as more of a jerk I think in these movies than he did in the books right because and, he
1: like he's the one that has a problem with harry he's the one that kind of ruins the yule ball for hermione yeah. because he's making all these snide comments at her even i was watching i was like there were moments where i was like he's really mean like he's yeah. being really mean to her and i was like i don't think he really has a right to be just out of jealousy of uh crumb because he wanted to ask hermione but like you know he's definitely not handling this the right way yeah. you know but it is what it is but the, that uh
0: that yule ball scene uh they give you any like ptsd of like the high school dances yeah big like, time big the time harry and ron are sitting in those chairs I can picture me and you sitting in those chairs (laughs) (laughs) with uh, disappointed dates next to us like uh these guys are not fun I mean dates we didn't
1: have dates (laughs) well mine was imaginary still disappointed (laughs) no but like yeah no It, it definitely when you watch those scenes like this movie captures really well just those like teen high school feelings of like oh I have to go to this dance and I have to like it captures that so well and you're absolutely right during that whole Yule Ball scene I'm like uncomfortable watching it sometimes because I'm like I lived this yeah like I definitely lived this I did too and I was like I I feel this in my soul and it's still a little uncomfortable for me to watch because (laughs) I'm like I would definitely just be sitting there I would definitely be like struggling to even
0: find a date and
1: just like all of that stuff that Ron and Harry go through, I'm yeah. like,
0: yeah, I feel this. H- Harry uh, puts it perfectly as, like, Ron's like, well, you fought dragons. You could do this because I'd rather have the dragon I'd rather right have now. the dragon right <laughs> now. Like, I would fight a dragon before having to do this. Like, <laughs> um, No, but you're right. Like, all three of them give really great performances. You're right. Emma Watson has a lot more to do. She's really great in it. I know that uh, Daniel Radcliffe has kind of led this, like, kind of constantly teasing the scene in the, the Yule Ball scene in here where she comes down the stairs and she's supposed to be, like, this transformed... Because yeah. uh, in the book, it is much more of a transformation. Because I, look, like I kind of we kind of talked about like Hermione has more like buck teeth and. Right. Think, like things like that uh-huh. and that's supposed to be more of a transformation and in here like Dana Radcliffe has said like even when this movie came out he's like Emma Watson is and has always been a beautiful girl and he's like and she walks down there and she's just slightly more beautiful <laughs> like, you know, like, like that's yeah, it's, it's, this big transformation and she comes down her hair's a little neater like that, yeah. that's really no like, I
1: like I like that scene though it's
0: kind of like it's got a
1: real um, it reminds me a lot of like a, like a Beauty and the Beast and no, when it, well, Belle comes down the stairs it's and basically it's, that I that um, she would end up you know going to yeah, be in that it, movie. It, it, exactly right. Yeah, I always forget she was in that Beauty and the Beast movie. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's a fine transformation yeah. scene. I like it. You know, I like it. I think it's cute. Well,
0: as a when I rem- I remember again as a teenager. So I, as a teenager when I was a teenager, I remember Uh, watching so I was around we were around the same age of them uh, like at the time I think like 13 you know yeah we were always
1: we were in that spot right
0: and I remember watching this trailer like on the on TV Mm -hmm. and I remember like like that was kind of like my first moment where I was like like watched like a girl like on in a movie and I was like oh my god like I remember like that that has always stood out to me as being a teenage boy and being like wow like was Emma Watson your sexual awakening (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that but uh,
1: interesting. But no,
0: like no, just like a, like a, a major like crush. Like oh wow, you know. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's fine if she was. I mean, it's
0: no. I, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't know if I would go that far. Okay, but I just, okay. But that was okay. a moment that fair I was enough, wow, fair wow, wow, wow. I won't push on it. I'm just. I... <laughs> Uh, and also, I, I do want to talk about Daniel Radcliffe because there's a couple of things that I wanted to mention about kind of Harry, the character that we haven't. I think Radcliffe, especially in this movie, does a great job of, I love when they let him capture the, him being wowed by, by magic. Like, sure. I love when he walks into the tent at the Quidditch World Cup. I love Magic. Man, I love magic because yeah. I feel like sometimes, and I kind of meant to mention this in Chamber of Secrets, things happen. I think, and, and again, I don't know if this is if this is a book problem, if this is a Rowling problem, closed problem, or even a Radcliffe issue. But like sometimes things happen, especially in like Chamber of Secrets, where Harry, like once Harry learned he was a wizard, he kind of started to take like magic for granted, or like <laughs> like he like he like he started expecting like well anything's possible because like. In the Chamber of Secrets, people are like, Harry, you can talk to snakes. He's like, yes, so what? Everybody can do it. It's like, no. <laughs> like, like or- what world do you think everybody can talk to snakes? Oh, but he just thought... Uh- he did he know the wizard could, where he thought it would go. He finds a magical diary that takes him to the memories in it, which ends up being this extremely dark, dangerous, magical object, and he's like, Oh, this is completely normal. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, there's I nothing agree with wrong you. With there's, that. Definitely,
1: there's definitely things in Chamber where you feel like he's not being wowed enough. Yeah. And then in this one, it's nice they return to that where he walks in, he's kind of like he's back to he, he still has moments even where the, he yeah, is blown away by the He's been in this saying. world
0: for four years, but he's still is still learning things and seeing things. He did yeah. again, even with the port key, he doesn't know what a port He's he's surprised about this that. This is a great point. You're right. Year two, Harry took a lot for granted. <laughs>
1: Year two Harry was just like yeah it's the wizarding world everything's possible <laughs> and you're just like, hey, well, like this is your second year in this world and you're it? just, you're just Every- oh yeah a freaking uh, evil diary it's all fine <laughs> it takes me inside and they see evil memories and you're like you're like why are you just accepting this now and when he's like yeah everybody talks to snakes' you're like no no man yeah like, he's one of was like what everybody talks to snakes right and you're just like he is taking a lot for granted yeah I, I think you're absolutely right that's a really good point yeah and it's good to see him go back to the wide-eyedness a little bit yeah, that's the where I was walking looking for. In yeah Tent and just being like, yeah, I love magic because yeah. you, you, I love how they kind of capture him too. Looking at the tent and him being like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Like we're all going to squeeze into this because small little tent, and don't... then he walks in. And he's like, "Oh, now I get it." Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like he was uh, like undervaluing it for a minute. Yeah, uh
0: yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, to, yeah. All great performances all around. Like, great really, performances across the board. But do you want to talk about this new cat Let's get into the
1: new cat. So, new I think cast. thats where the—that's where the
0: meat is. So, characters, actors, and characters making their introduction into this series in this movie are Robert Pattinson as Cedric Diggory, Ralph Fiennes as Lord Voldemort, Brandon Gleason as Alistair Mad-Eye Moody, David Tennant as Barty Crouch Jr., Roger Lloyd Pact as Barty Crouch Sr., Katie Leung as Cho Chang, Clemency Posey as Floor Delacour, Stanislav Anvensky as Victor Crum, Miranda Richardson as R- Rita Skeeter, Pradog Belek as Igor Kekarov, and Francis De La Tour as Madame Magazine. Yes. What a new cast you just rattled I mean, off there. A lot of... Yeah, a lot of... There's a lot of ground to cover here.
1: I want to save Mr. Robert Pattinson for last yeah, because, because there's that, a well, conversation there that I want to have. Um,
0: that's cl- probably the biggest
1: one. That's probably the biggest one now. Yeah, retroactively. It's retroactively. retroactively, it's the big one. If this... if. If he didn't go where he went, this would be like, well, oh, yeah, he's fine. Robert Pattinson's fine. Well, but we have so much more to talk well, about.
0: I'm going say first film. First film. First film. film. So, Is that well, true? I yeah.
1: thought he did like maybe a couple. Wow. Yep. What a career that guy's had. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about him more because obviously we're going to be touching on him more. Let me start with, I want to talk quickly on the two headmasters of uh, the other schools, uh, Madame Maxine and uh, Karkaroff is his name, I believe? Yes. Um, I like them a lot. I like Madame Maxine a lot just because of her whole love story with Hagrid. I think that's really cute, and I think that's a nice little, like, kind of, like, side thread through the movie. Like, I think that whole thing works. Like, she's, like, this big, tall woman, and Hagrid, who we always thought was tall, is shorter than yeah. her. And that's just funny to me. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm like, I love this. That character is really good, too, because she's very, uh, obviously, from, different from Karkaroff, she has much more of a heart about her. Yeah, And she's much more, like, open with her you know with her heart and is is clearly a good person yeah and then you get to karkaroff is it uh what's his first name ivan igor igor thank you igor karkaroff former death eater as we (laughs) find out not a great start not a great start to be a former death eater that's a problem not just a death Um, eater but then sold out everybody sold everyone out i mean he was the rat He sold everybody out. Um yeah. He, please, please Yeah, I mean he's in that little cage and he's like please, please like a rat. Remember this car, Grav, snitches get stitches. Um <laughs> <laughs> no it's 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 a great performance by him because he kind of has to have that range of being like it's also crazy that he was a former death eater and like got a headmaster yeah role. <laughs> like isn't that crazy to think about like they're... this guy was like killing people and then they're like yeah yeah once you take over the uh the dutch school or Dan-
0: whatever it is danish school whatever they're whatever he's running over there are you and, telling uh, me are you trying are you, trying to, are you trying to imply That the government, this magical government in this movie (laughs) is corrupt. That a government could be corrupt. Are you trying to apply that? That people with bad dangerous past could actually get power and have powerful growth. That's extremely unrealistic, okay?
1: <laughs> that's extremely unrealistic. We don't see that today. That's, come on. We all know that's not real. That hasn't happened. It's not, it's not currently Bul- happening. Bulgarian um, though, Bulgarian. Bulgarian, yes. thank you. Bulgarian. Um, I wasn't sure which country it was. Um, but I like Karkaroff a lot. I think he's, he does what exactly what he needs yeah. to do. He's got like, kind of that, he comes off, you can tell there's something off with him. Like, because he's kind of like, laughing at evil, like kind of crazy things. And you're like, okay, yeah. there's something off about this guy but then you get those nice flashback sequences um, you get that quick thing of him and Snape in the closet Yeah, he's like something's happening and you're just like ooh he, he but is um, I, the- I, I, I like I like the character
0: he's in my least favorite scene in this movie the one I don't think they need is him they show him entering the great hall where the, the goblet is and they just close the door yes. like they're clearly trying to imply that he did this yes. or yes. whatever and I don't think that it's I don't think that's needed I it's think not that needed. the mystery would work better if you don't have that because it right. felt like well, whether he did it or not, because well, they try to play him up as the villain. Yeah, of this movie. I, I, I don't think it's. But he, there's I, not enough there. No, I don't yeah. think. I, but I think they also wanted to kind of show that there is a darkness to him, and I just. I think that that scene's unnecessary. That's the one that kind of sits out to me that's like, "Ah, I wish that wasn't there. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Let's move to their fellow students, Floor Delacour and Victor Crumb.
0: Yeah, the champions. The
1: champions. Floor Delacour, a lot of heart. Yeah. Very sweet person. (laughs) They don't
0: have too much. I mean, literally. (laughs) They don't have
1: too much to do, but I like Floor Delacour, like, I mean, she goes out early during the mermaid (laughs) thing, but she thanks Harry very sweetly. Yeah, yeah. And then they get that nice moment at the end of the movie where she's like, She's like, oh, I'm gonna and she gives like Ron like a kiss on his cheek, and he's like,
0: oh bloody, you know, (laughs) and he's just like, he doesn't deserve it though. He's been a jerk the whole movie, as we've pointed out. Um, She gets obviously gets flushed out more in the book because she plays a more big. I mean, she does come back in the movies, yes, but she plays a much more bigger role in the books. They do have the wedding with where she marries into uh, the Weasley family, yes, but they play up that she's more of a presence in. I think like this, it's the sixth. It's at least a sixth, I don't know about the fifth, but I know at least the sixth right. book that she plays up more of a role in there and they kind of flesh her out a little yes, more. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but no, I mean, yeah, she is... But she's great.
1: She's a good, it's a good character. I know and Crumb
0: then, literally only has two lines in this Victor movie. Victor
1: Crumb only has two lines in this movie, but I want to say that guy is such a presence. Like you still feel his presence. That's why they got him, yes. Yeah, you feel his presence on screen. Can this guy just do everything? Yeah, he's well... A, he's, he's freaking like in the World Quidditch Cup. He's in the Quidditch World Cup. yeah like flying around for Bulgaria and you're like, well, this guy's incredible, I I think think he's, it, and then he's still a student. When he walks in that room, everybody's like, "Oh my god!" When he walks into the Great Hall for the first time, everybody's like, "That's Victor Crumb Like yeah. he just was in the Quidditch World
0: Cup, and like I, and he's here. I think that was one of the complaints too that people with cutting up the the gameplay of the Quidditch Cup because it doesn't build Crumb up more. Yeah, well, then and like I think like they're like you're. It's supposed to be more of a surprise that he is a, a student. You know what I mean? Or like they're they're supposed to be the kids are supposed to be more surprised that like oh I forgot that he is like he's so he's so good. That he is so young, he's still in school, but literally playing on a professional Quidditch team. Yeah. So, it would be, like, the equivalent of, like, LeBron James being in the NBA, but still being in in high school. Like, still going to classes. I think he got in early, too. No, I know, but he wasn't yeah. going to school at the same time as... I agree. You know, agree. as yeah, I mean, actually he just, playing in the... He didn't play the NBA championships and then go, go, go to school on Monday, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he
1: didn't play the NBA championships then was, you know, in psychology Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't happening. Just want to say quickly, that world Quidge scene, I take one gripe with it. Look, we try to avoid all the controversial topics here, but, uh, as an Irish man... <laughs> When the Ireland team flies in and they show the dancing leprechaun, (laughs) you know, it's stuff like this that, I'm taking my glasses off, it's stuff like this that just bothers me to my core. You know, we have so much going on in the world and uh, for whatever reason, us Irish people are just uh, boiled down to dancing leprechauns. (laughs) And this is just another case of me having to watch a movie and have this stereotype rubbed in my face.
0: Well, they deleted the scene and, where they threw potatoes at people. Yeah,
1: I bet they did. And, uh, you know, I, I think we've moved beyond the dancing leprechaun is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Can we do anything better? And uh, that's my PSA. But to
0: go back to Crum, you're right. Uh, <laughs> he just uh, on. To go back to Crumb, anyway. To go back to Crum. <laughs> He's going to cut that. You're right. They, 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 we'll see. But uh, yeah. he does have a presence. And I think that what's basically implied is that Crum is, is extremely talented. He's extremely athletic, but he's kind of dumb. And that goes, oh, yeah. And, and yeah. that is, again, that is one of the things that they do miss out with the Quidditch World Cup. And I do understand why people he, were upset well, by cutting kind, that. Well, because obviously the rules of Quidditch is that when you get the snitch, mm-hmm. you get 150 points. Yes. You don't win the game. The game's over, but you don't necessarily win. You get 150 right. points. But and if there's enough scoring going on, that yeah, might not be but enough. But his team. Was down more than 150 points, and he grabbed the snitch anyway. So it was implying that he puts his athletic athle, athletics over his yes. smarts, like his his thinking, because he didn't make the connection of oh, I grabbed this, I, you know, I might I might grab this, but we're still going to lose, and they and they do. His team loses yes. that because game he grabs because it too he grabs it too early because yeah. he wasn't. Thinking about it, right? That does kind of show that, like, in Moody does well, say, it's, like,
1: it's funny because he's the he's the equivalent of like
0: what a movie jock, would yeah. Exactly. Be, but in the Wizarding
1: world, he's kind of the Wizarding jock.
0: Well, I think Moody didn't Moody say something about him being dumb as a rock, but also he said, like he's yeah, extremely he said, talented. He said, he said he's
1: extremely talented, but like his mind is like a, is sand or something like <laughs> yeah. that. He says something really like true about him, but also <laughs> also probably uh, hurtful if he heard it. Yeah, uh, but I don't think he'd be able to register it because his mind's sand. <laughs> um, but, no. Oh, yeah, but that's Victor Crumb anyway. Yeah. And
0: uh, who else is on this list? Give me some uh, more. I mean, Cho Chang. We get an introduction of Cho Chang. Oh, yeah, Cho Chang um, much, I do, plays I, a much bigger role next movie. Yeah, I do know that people have kind of criticized Rowling for the name Cho Chang. Like, you know, that's kind of... You know, One I kind of so, so I'm gonna be honest with you. I I do
1: agree with with that yeah. sentiment. I, I I do think she could have just named this person anybody she wanted. But to like really, hey, it's Cho Chang. It's like, oh, I wonder what she like. We all know. I think and she was just trying to of, get
0: home that it was an Asian character. Yeah, yeah. It, it, mm-hmm.
1: I think it would have been fine if it, it's weird that she specified that this character was an Asian character when it's kind of like most of this world. She's never really specified what race people were. Like it was always kind of just like an open interpretation of things where you can anybody can be anything i mean obviously as we saw with like specifically the casting of uh, hermione and the cursed child broadway show yeah they cast a black actress as hermione and, and it was, she has said and she literally came yeah. out and said she's like she's like i never specified hermione was white although and i right,
0: think people have found proof in the books that she actually kind of did but uh you yeah, know, it doesn't oh well. matter it, yeah. <laughs> you're probably right it doesn't matter but like still i don't know i don't
1: like the name she probably could have just it- Yeah. Even if... You know what it is? I think it's... If she kept Chang... That would have been fine... But maybe if she just gave them, gave I mean, this not-so-on-the-nose first name, yes. maybe that would have worked better. Instead of, like, Cho Chang, yeah. maybe it would have been better if she just went with, like, Jennifer Chang or just, like, Something. any, you know, yeah. Sally Chang. Just anything else would have been fine. I think yeah. it's because it's such an on-the-nose name that that's what bothers people. I mean... Like, I don't think Chang is the problem in that. I think Cho is the problem in that. Yeah.
0: No, you're right. You're right. It would be like calling, like, Seamus Finnegan shamrock potatoes. You know what I mean? Like... I'm about going to stand for this? anymore. I'll tell you what, man.
1: Um, Be honest. You're but, looking at me right now. You just see a dancing leprechaun I cross do right not. Right I do not. You You are my friend. That's what I see. But, yeah. um, I'll, get, I'll come in here next time with my green suit. <laughs> you want to go,
0: coin? <laughs> no, I think, Lucky charms at the end of the rainbow. I think Katie Leung... As this character does a great job, though, and, and you know, it, she, again, she's not in this very but, but yeah. she, it's, it, there's some cute moments between her and Harry. They're, they're building the, uh, the romance for the next movie. Yes. That's what it's about. Well, then, I guess, do you want to talk about the Barty Crouches? You know, senior Let's and talk about junior. the Barty Crouch. Okay, um, so I'm going to start with senior. Yes.
1: Um, Barty Crouch senior. Again, not a huge no, role. No no, um, no, 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 But he's fine. He's very, uh, he comes off as very, like, by the book. Very, like... This is the way things are. You know, I, I think one of my biggest qualms with the Goblet of Fire story, this is book two, not even movie, is just like Harry's name comes out of that goblet. And I'm like, you're telling me there's no way that you can just say, oh, he doesn't have to compete. Yeah. Like, he can't overturn this. Well, I think like, is this really that binding that he cannot? Like, it, it's just always The argument
0: me. that I've seen people do or say is like, Harry walks out of the tent and the dragon test says, I give up, and then that's it. Like, he just walks out and goes, I surrender, and that's it. Like, he has to be there. He has to quote has unquote to show compete, up. but he can just walk out and go, I surrender. You know, he has to go to the lake. He just, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to sit yeah, at the dock and just, just not, not do it. Anything. You know, yeah, like, he yeah. Just, like... He's competing. He's still in it, but like, why can't he jump in the lake and just do backpedals for like an hour? You know what I mean? Like, why does <laughs> While he everyone to... else is getting rescued, yeah. he's just running some laps. <laughs> it's like.
1: He's like, I'm gonna get my laps in while you guys are down there rescuing. Like, Can you get Ron? Like, wait yeah. down there. I'm just gonna get some freestyle. Like, in. why
0: does he have to actually compete? You know yeah, what I mean? Like, he didn't have to.
1: But yeah, I, I, the guy is fine that plays him. I think he's just. Um, I think the character is fine. Like, I just think he's a he's there specifically to be this by the book. This is why it happens. And then the
0: connection to Junior later is really I, I think, think the important part. If Mad Eye Moody wasn't Barty Crouch Junior., then Barty Crouch Senior. wouldn't be in this movie. Absolutely, you only have that character because... We need like they would give Fudge his role basically. Right. We only have this character because he has a connection to the the quote unquote villain of this movie. Right. And that's why he's there. And yeah. We need we need that.
1: Yeah. The, the well the court scene is really nice with yeah, uh him in there. I think that court scene is really. He well does done. a good job with that because yeah. he, once it's revealed your son is the one that has been killing people, he does a really nice job of like having that shock of like yeah. my my son and he just it, that's really good. But I also really like the moment where maybe it's after the second task him and Harry are walking and talking Mad-Eye comes up to him and Barty Crouch Sr. is like looking at him and you can see him have the realization that he he understands that's my son and I can see it and he kind of walks away like he's seen a ghost and then what, what do we see next he's dead yeah, like obviously he's dead. Like his son kills him, but like it's it's such a good moment where he looks at him, and he's the only one who looks at Mad Eye Moody and recognizes. Well, because, he's on Polyjuice Potion, and that's my son. Yeah,
0: but well, I'm assuming that at the time the potion was wearing off, and that he the was tic, the tick see, was coming out. Yes, he was his, starting his to tongue see it. thing. Yeah, that they yep. showed. But speaking of that, you know David Tennant as Barty Crouch Jr. <sighs> you know again small it's small role, small role. Because man, dude, I'm I love David Tennant. Of man. course, I'm a
1: big David Tennant fan. He's stan. chewing. Scenery here. He's chewing scenery. I I will stand David Tennant till the end of days. 10th Doctor Baby. He's great. Uh, had that great role on Jessica Jones, oh, yeah. too. So good as yeah. the villain on that Killgrave. So good. But I just love this guy as an actor, too. I think he's really good. Actually, since we're talking about him, because I don't think we're going to have too much of a chance to talk about him yet. Everyone should watch Good Omens. He's really good on that show. I think he does a really good job here of doing the crazy Barney Crouch Jr. Oh, yeah. thing. Like that whole... He's like, screaming. The, and he's screaming. Da, da, he's doing the tics. He's, <laughs> he's just... He's nailing it. I also love the scene where we get to watch the polyjuice potion wear off yeah oh yeah that's really well done like it still looks really good where it's wearing off and he becomes Barty Crouch Jr. again like it really works for me yeah and he does a really great job and uh he's very menacing and you definitely fear this guy again it's a presence thing even like at the beginning of the movie after uh these Death Eaters have torn through the camp Harry's there Barty Crouch Jr. is walking through and you're like oh my god like what if he catches him because you can tell he's not just going to kill him he's probably going to torture him a little bit yeah and then kill him because because he's that kind of guy. And you're just like, ooh,
0: like, I hope he doesn't catch him. But he, he has that menacing quality about Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Well, that ties us into Brendan Gleeson as, as mad Eye Moody. Because <sighs> the Moody that we see 90% of this movie is... Not. is technically Barty Crouch Jr. Yep. And yeah, I mean, he is, this like introduced me to Brennan Gleeson and now every time God. I see him like, I'm like, oh my God, this guy's wonderful. Like He's a great actor, I just man. watched uh, Paddington 2 last night. Yeah. And he's in Paddington 2 and he's incredible in Paddington oh, 2. I, I, I can imagine. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not trying to say like, oh, that's his best worker and I'm not trying to, oh, well, Brennan Gleeson's the guy from Harry Potter and Paddington 2. I know there's much more to that but, he's always stood out to me because of this this movie this performance and he is he's really incredible here and intimidating Mm -hmm. and you can you can see that like yeah there's something off with this guy there's something going on here that scene where he's teaching them the three unforgivable curses is just
1: it's like to me um brendan gleason's mad-eye moody well you know the mad-eye moody thing in this movie it for me it's it is the standout performance of this movie it's so good i mean like he just takes this role and i mean you're talking about chewing scenery tenant I mean, Brendan Gleeson's Chewing Scenery. I yeah. mean, that whole Unforgivable Curses scene is so good. And, like, the way he's kind of guiding Harry but misguiding Harry at the same time. I mean, it's all, like, just fantastic. And I, I really think he's the standout performer of this movie.
0: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It's a right. great introduction, too. And I'm so glad we get more of him. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, just to touch on her say we did talk about her, Miranda Richardson is Rita, Rita Skeeter. You know, just it's a small role in here. I love her role. Yeah. I really like She's her She's having a lot. a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: I like her a lot. I like... My my quick quote quill. Yeah. Quick quote quill. And she's just she's so like um uh she captures like uh paparazzi journalism perfectly, oh, yeah. right? Like yeah. she's just walking around, she's trying to get the scoop all the time, like she's trying to like catch them, uh you know, Harry and Hermione are hugging and she's like catching that moment, and she's like, Oh a love interest. Like it's just so funny and I'm like, Oh, she's so good at this.
0: Yeah. And then we have uh the big bad where he finds as Lord Voldemort. Uh we he, small he's, he's finally here. He's f- <laughs> He has arrived. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Our, here. Lord, our Lord and Savior. Our Lord and Savior, Lord Walmart. <laughs> no <kidding. of> <laughs> uh yes, he is here. Uh we've been building up for four movies now who this guy is yeah. and what you know what's going on. And and yeah, I mean, you're right. It's it is a small role, but it's a it is but,
1: a, psh- massive I was, I was gonna say man it's maybe one of like the best introductions of a character like for an actor playing a character of all time like I love that whole scene because he's so menacing but he's also like playing with Harry yeah and he's intent on killing him that night and he's like I, when he when he's reborn like that he's kind of running around he's like sending the signal and he's kind of like doing this si- whole thing I'm like this you guy can is really hell
0: like he's he, unhinged you can tell he's like loving having a body back he's yes. kind of like moving around in, like, in it yeah he's yeah. Yeah. Ooh, like yeah. he's, he's a, kind of like almost moving skipping around, around yeah, he's skipping almost.
1: around um and the whole thing where he like where Harry says something and then he goes oh Harry I forgot you were here yeah. and you're just like no you didn't you're just playing with everybody hmm. like Oh, it's so good. It's also a crucial scene. Of the, obviously, it's like the most pivotal scene of this movie, but it's also a crucial scene because you know, they reveal some of the
0: death eaters. Yeah.
1: Um and we finally officially get to see, oh, there's Lucius Malfoy. <laughs> yep. Uh I believe they say Crab and Goyle.
0: Yes. Um, their fathers are yeah, yeah,
1: their fathers are a part of it and you're just like, "Oh wow, this is this is all making sense all of a sudden." I
0: believe the guy that Kakarov tries to sell out in the flashback mm-hmm. that he claims is a spy for the ministry is there as well. I believe yes. that that is yes. his name.
1: Yeah. But Ray Fines is, uh, that, he is a fine actor. I mean, oh, one, yeah. of, one of the best. And getting to watch him just kind of like eat this roll up is amazing. I can't wait to see more of him because he's, to me, he's one of my favorite parts of these and later movies. He's, he's also, so good. He
0: is scary. Like, he, he is scary. You fear him. When he has his finger on Harry and like Harry's screaming in pain and then he's kind of like, Aah! like he's kind of like mocking him yeah, almost. Like, just, and even the
1: way he does it, where he's like, I can touch you and he yeah. kind of like puts his hand over his head and he t- I mean it's
0: really and when he you know I assume you know how to do uh, bow to me and he like makes a he bow, makes like him bow. Whole he's thing like- playing with him yeah. and
1: it's like this is a 14, 14 year old boy kid. <laughs> like this is a 14 year old boy and he's so mad he's so mad that that baby beat him and he's like he's like I don't care if you're 14 I'm still going to make you bow to me and do this thing. and it's just like dude like relax man and I I love that whole scene and when they have the very quick duel and all the uh the souls that he's taking yes. come out it's it's really it's it's a great scene it's a really great scene but I I enjoyed it I enjoyed Absolutely. his performance very much Let's, the, get one, one, yeah. Let's get to the big one, Let's get the big one, baby. Uh,
0: Robert Pattinson and Cedric Diggory. Like, it's uh, not even that big, but like, no, it's, no, no, it's but, big because of the name attached. Of course. And so I did look it up. So he was in, so he, I, I guess, filmed scenes for a movie before this, but they were deleted. So oh. this is technically his, his film. His first on-screen screen first, performance. Yes. Yeah. This is his film debut, essentially. Yeah. Yes. It, Love, it, if you look it up, it's like, I look up film debuts for the year in franchise thing, and it, it's considered his film debut. That makes this sense. Is, that makes is, sense. Yeah. Because yeah, I
1: think I was thinking, like,
0: I know he did, like, some television work and I think that's what I was
1: I think that's what I was thinking of and then I was like oh he probably was doing TV and then I thought but Anyway, dude, this is a name. This is a guy that we're going to talk about a couple more times. Yes. Uh, Twilight, now Batman yeah. more recently, and whatever else comes his way. What a film debut to be in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, yeah. one of the biggest franchises of all time. And we discussed this. At this time, this isn't a big deal that, no, he's, no, no, that no. he is this, Cedric Diggory. If, People are like, oh, yeah, it's okay. This if kid, he never Robert did Pattinson, anything
0: else of note, then it, th- th- we, we wouldn't be talking we about this. We would have just blown over yeah. this.
1: The trajectory of this kid's career, of this guy's career... To where he is now it's almost better for the movie because you look at it yes. now and you go oh they got a really big name to be in this, this movie this that role, was not the
0: intention this role has aged well because of his success yes because because it feels like oh like we got two people that like again their names but they're not as big of names you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and it again he wasn't either but now yeah. it looks like oh you're right it does look like they got a big name it looks like to, to do it like, it works for the benefit of the film yes. and it makes the character of Cedric Diggory feel more important yes it feels like a bigger more meaningful role because this because of where he's him. gone yes right because even like
1: you're you're watching if you're right if he never did anything again and this is the only thing we would have just blown over this right now and been like oh yeah this kid Robert Pattinson it's fine you know he does Cedric Diggory it's it's good but like to see where he is now and I'm literally looking at the, the Batman bucket in front of me here, <laughs> our bucket. It's just crazy to think like he's yeah. Batman right yeah. now. Like he's Batman and we're just going to like see where he's going to go with that. And it's an amazing performance yeah, as w- I mean, we will talk about one day. But like it's he's it's become... it's become such a pivotal role and such a cool role now that we know where he is. Yeah. You look back on it and go... Robert is in this movie that's yeah. so cool
0: and he's such an interesting actor because he found success like you know he with is Twilight well he's in that group we talked about with like the people who kind of like the, the franchise th- so, re- leads <laughs> as we of, talk like, about there's three that we specifically point out uh, Harry, Dana Radcliffe as, as Harry Potter yes. Robert Pattinson in Twilight yes and Elijah Wood from Lord of the Rings, of the Rings like yep. all, it seems to me and again I don't know about any of these guys finances or whatever but it seems to me that they have kind of ridden these franchises made the, as much money as they need to be comfortable right. and then they have the, the they use their clout of being in these franchises right. and they use you know they the not having to rely on making millions and millions of dollars yep. to do smaller projects and yep. do whatever they want and they bring a legitimacy to these smaller projects something yes. like for Pattinson specifically, I would say like a uh, Good Time, yeah,
1: or The Lighthouse
0: brings more attention to those movies because Robert Pattinson is in it, is yes. in it. especially Good Time because at least The Lighthouse you have Willem Dafoe, <laughs> but love, like I love that movie, Good Time, <laughs> and well, I love The Lighthouse too. Yeah. I know you haven't watched, it I haven't yet, seen, but, it. I've oh, seen, man. I've seen Good Time, and he's fantastic. Yeah, it. it's really so good. being able, and but also being able like roles that are going to allow them to stretch their acting skills and, and not just, just be pigeonhole, kind of have fun like that is it's it is. It is ironic that Pattinson's in that group that we talk about, and he's also here. Having sharing scenes with Daniel Rangler. Yes. Yes. But yeah, and it is. But those those are those three actors are t- anytime that they pop up in movies that I'm like, oh, that that's interesting because you know if they sign like when Robert Pattinson signed up for the Batman, I said to you that's going to be a good movie because he wouldn't be doing this. Like there must be something to this that he wants to do, yep, it, you yep. know, and that he wants to seek this movie yep. out because he hasn't been seeking out. He has big, big blockbuster movies. movies, and then we saw the movie and we understood completely why, yeah, and yeah, we yeah. were like holy cow well,
1: but like it's I, it's really cool to kind of see to chart his career and just see like what twilight brought him that fame yeah. and then using that clout as you're saying to kind of uh bring some legitimacy to these independent films that would otherwise otherwise get overlooked yeah and him doing a really good job in the movies like he's bringing his
0: energy to the movies and it's just like well it also it's also like his resume of like people going oh robert pence the guy from twilight he's a bad actor like when bat when they announce him as a batman Batman, there was a backlash. Like, Edward Cullen from Twilight, though, he's not Batman. Oh, that drove me crazy. But then people can be like, a lot of people were like, no, look at this movie or this movie or this movie. And and you can see that, you know, he has talent. He's a very talented actor. He's grown. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, I, I, you know, I, this is probably more for the Batman, but I just want to mention here because I don't know when we're going to do Batman. I don't want to forget it. Yes. But I watched an interview with him for the Batman, and he said that when he told like his, his agency that he wanted to look into the Batman and mm-hmm. becoming Batman, Batman they were like are you sure like you're right like, like you right. don't do this kind of stuff and like they're like usually you go for like these like monstrous or like dark roles he's like yeah there's almost nothing more than that than the Batman yeah right like he's like right. Batman is this mon- like that is exactly what I'm looking for right so, right they're like oh yeah you're right I guess you know you're, you're right and so, you know what? it's it's going to be
1: great for him because I I have a feeling that that this new Batman thing they obviously just announced a sequel but I have a feeling this is going to be a trilogy and I'm really excited to one day talk about that trilogy and oh, where yeah. it goes because I, I really think it might be one of the best trilogies we see of Batman. Yeah. Just judging off that first movie yeah, yeah. but again we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. But um, I think uh, after he does the Batman I don't know if he's ever going to do a franchise again we'll because see. it's like you now have Twilight and Batman money. This is like you don't have to do anything yeah. so
0: we'll see. But
1: anyway but no, Robert Pattinson he, he's we, had to, we had to talk about he's
0: it. He's a delight and again he doesn't have much to do in this movie. He doesn't. He's he doesn't not that significant lines. of a character really like the right. like screen time lines at I least. I think he's more more significant but, in the book than Yeah, he is. but also so, so like the death and we'll talk about this more as we get into our opinions right. but the death of Cedric Diggory is such an important part because the death of Cedric Diggory is kind of the death of innocence in the Harry Potter franchise. Yep. And again because it is Robert Pattinson retroactively it brings more gravitas to his death. Yep. That he dies only in this movie again I'm sure at the release and then when I watched it, the release it was kind of like oh that's sad but like now you're like oh my god that means more because it is such a big Big, big, it's a bigger right, name right you know, so yeah he's wonderful so do you want to just go into our story yeah about we, story? I, I think we spent a lot of time yes, on cast, yes so it is. <laughs> I have my little synopsis here. When Hogwarts hosts the famous Triwizard Tournament, a dangerous competition between three champions representing three magical schools, Harry unexpectedly finds himself as the fourth champion. Now tasked with having to compete in the three deadly tasks, Harry is forced to push himself further than ever before in order to survive. As the tournament progresses, Harry begins to discover the dark truth about how his name really came to be in the Goblet. Of fire nicely done nicely thank done you, thank you so you know we'll talk on story real quick and then we'll go into our opinions. Yeah, let's do a quick thing um we talked about it a lot kind of you know the difference between the movie and the in the book but I really like this story i like the focus on you know the tasks that everything kind of feels important right, right. I do you you mentioned a lot a lot of teen angst here the kind yeah. of the relationship between mm-hmm. the characters the movie the the story is accomplishing a lot mm-hmm. and also building to this darkness and and kind of setting up this darkness right. so i feel like there's a lot less like meandering this time as in there were in the, some of the previous other Big movies time. Big time. and and I, again i loved prisoner azkaban and i think prisoner azkaban is a better movie than this right but i still think that there is a little bit more like we're just kind of filling in time almost and this this i think you mentioned me again i know this is kind of opinions but like the pacing this like this movie does not stop like, this, right the it keeps going. This story goes 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 goes, right, goes. Right, right. Like, it doesn't really slow down so yeah Absolutely, it doesn't meander.
1: It just goes. The story is as good as it's going to be for a, a Goblet of Fire adaptation. You couldn't have asked for a better streamlined story. And obviously, we're going to talk about things that were changed, cut, whatever. But it had to happen. As I said, kind of towards the top of the show, this has to happen. Yeah. For this to work, there needs to be those cuts. There's need. There needs to be those uh things that don't make it. It has to happen because otherwise, this movie would be too long. And it's already two hours and thirty-seven minutes yeah. here. So it's just one of those things where you have to do what you have to do and i really like the adaptation i think it does a good job and it accomplishes exactly what it needs to because it's harry potter and the goblet of fire it's not harry potter and ron weasley and hermione granger and the goblet of fire
0: yeah It's just not. You're right. You're absolutely right. So let's tie this into our opinions. I I mean, look, I really love this film and I I know I loved it more than you. Uh, But (laughs) We talked about the kind of maybe real reasons behind that. Sure. But I think that Prisoner of Azkaban is a better movie than this but I think I actually like like this one better. Interesting. uh, I think I would have I just I really like the the action of it all. I think there's a lot more action. It's it's more entertaining. Um, okay. It's it's faster paced. It's a really is a really easy watch for me. Like even the, even though this is almost the same length as Chamber of Secrets, and I mentioned that I had a lot of trouble kind of finding time and get you know focusing on getting through Chamber of Secrets. Chamber was tough. This <laughs> flies. This really flies it does. by. This, so.
1: this moves it really moves you know I, I, I don't like this more than Prisoner I will say that right off the top I don't like this more than Prisoner I still think Prisoner is it is the better movie no, but and, also, and I do but think so I do think right, right right but also I do like Prisoner more I would probably watch Prisoner before I watch this one again but I'm not like upset watching this like, no, no I like this movie still I really I think it's a good movie like you're saying there's a lot of action it's very well paced I mean this it, it moves almost, almost at a breakneck speed yeah. through everything it needs to get through, and it takes you towards that like incredible conclusion, and it gets everything it needs to get in. The tasks are all really entertaining; like you're not really bored during any of the tasks. I think the maze is a little bit whatever. That's kind of my least favorite task. Um, I mean, yeah, because it's not really the maze that's important; it's really like the I port key. You to know where you're going. Graveyard. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the Voldemort stuff that's important, but like the the maze is fine. Um, every time I watch it, I'm like. Like, I, like okay, the, the I like the branches
0: <laughs> are grabbing. I like the atmosphere of the maze. I that, that's what I like. Yeah, it's I, fine. I, I it's think fine. they they do a really cool job with like the atmosphere of it, and it it, it sure. does yeah, feel it feels very dangerous. You know, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I, I I
1: I don't mind the maze. I'm just like that's kind of the one I tune out the I most. Mean, for you're and... wrong, but you know fine. I'm kidding. No, no. Um, maybe lose my train of thought. But no, I think all the tasks are massively entertaining. They accomplish exactly what they need to accomplish. They're able to get the tension in there between uh, Ron and Harry as well as this whole thing is going on. And you just get like really great character moments for some of these characters, like things we haven't seen in previous movies we're seeing in this movie. And it really does a good job of setting up what these next four movies are gonna look like. I mean, Voldemort is alive at the end of this movie and you're like, oh, this, and, and for people who didn't read the books, this now sets up, Four crazy movies where Voldemort is now straight up the villain yeah. all the way through. You're not you're not gonna get anybody different really. I mean, we got Umbridge next week, and that's a whole thing. But Voldemort is the big bad now all the way through, and that's really exciting to think about. And uh this movie does such a good job with that of just capturing that feeling of things have changed. You know? Yep. There's so much teen angst, but also life is here. You know, we've we're we're moving into it's it's almost like forcing them into adulthood early.
0: Well, this is the transition movie and this is it almost is. this is almost the most necessary movie because three and five don't connect again. Like, not, again, not even just story wise, but just like yes. tonally, without this movie, like, I love when we say it's the most necessary. Yeah, well, we talked about kind of how I felt
1: about Fast Four. Fast it's Four yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, that's exactly what I was thinking because you need that. You need this movie to Isn't transition it weird that both fourth movies? I know well, how strange. It's funny that you know they're using that 4th, because a lot of series don't even get the fourth yeah, movie, yeah, but they're using weird. this to go in a different direction. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I, you're right. I i think i like i said like the death of cedric diggory is one of the most important moments in this entire series absolutely even like not even like story-wise but just for like the filmmaking process because it shows that i mentioned the last couple weeks about like when you read a children's book or watch a children's movie there's kind of this bubble around the main characters that like bad stuff can happen but never to these characters even in like Pixar movies where they show, like, some things can happen, like, like Up or Finding Nemo that have really tragic beginnings. Right. Once you get into the story, you kind of know that these characters are protected and they're going to be okay. They're going to be fine. As they go forward, you kind of feel that, like, oh, of course Harry, Ron, and Hermione are okay. All these kids are going to be okay. Everybody's going to be okay. Yep. And in this movie, the second Cedric Diggory dies, and I know he's not that important of a character. That shield's gone. That yep. shield's gone. You know. and and that is the moment that you you kind of feel like J.K. Rowling kind of got the the sheet out and made like the death list and just started putting down everybody who was gonna go. Oh my god! And like yeah, we like, this is where we start to see. Ugh. You like this character gone. You like this Dude, character gone. Honestly, I mean, like Deathly Hollows is a
1: that's a tough. That's a tough watch. Like, there's (laughs) both of them are like tough watches because she's
0: maiming people through those (laughs) movies. But anyway, um, but uh, yeah, that's a you you feel that like nothing is safe anymore. Nothing is safe anymore. We are in a darker time now. Like, I always
1: so when I watch this movie, it's so interesting too because especially with the Cedric Diggory death, like you're saying, it is so important that we're in a different time now. Like, a student has been killed by this evil wizard. Like, things are not going to be the same anymore. Like, this is real life, and it's here in front of us and it's it's getting us at school like we're not even safe at school isn't that very reminiscent of today yes which is wild yeah because even in that like in 2007 that kind of, five I'm sorry 2005 obviously like Columbine had already happened but like school shootings weren't as prominent at that time Mm -hmm. they never should have been but they weren't as prominent at that time and now we're in this time where it feels like it's like every other week it's happening and you watch this movie now it's disgusting it's disgusting and it shouldn't be happening as we all know but you watch this movie now and it's so reminiscent of that. And you're just like, wow, this is like it It, it feels like it captured today it, yeah. it, it, without even meaning to. Yeah. It captured today so well. And it's, it's always fascinating when you go back to a film, and you see something like that and you go, this really relates to today. And obviously at that time, I don't think that that was not the intention at all. But it became, for me, kind of the intention when I watch it now. And I'm like, it feels real, yeah. you know? And it's it's just... It's an interesting thing to kind of correlate no, with real life, right. you know? No, you're absolutely Which right. Which
0: film should do. No, you're absolutely right. So, yeah, just overall, like... I think this movie takes everything kind of to the next level. And yeah, like if Alfonso Cuaron had directed this movie, this may be like my favorite movie. Because I, <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> what I loved about Prisoner of Eskaban was his touches, yes. right? Was the magical nature of everything. And
1: that's still kind of here a little so bit. So that's actually why I rank this lower.
0: Yes, because of course. Because the magical yeah.
1: nature disappears. That's kind of what that, took away that... That's abs- what it is for me, yeah. That's kind of what hurt me a little bit here. Because I was like, I was so used to that environment with... You fall into that environment so easily with Prisoner, and then you get to this movie, and it's it's it's, it's kind of gone, yeah. in a way. And you're like, Ugh, I kind of wish they stuck with that. And there's still touches here and there, but not as there's not as much of that
0: as they. There's had a in little prisoner. bit with like the introduction of the schools, like when yeah, they come in, Yeah,
1: and that's fine. Yeah. But
0: I, I I wanted it through like the entire movie. There, there's a deleted scene that might have added that touch, where like after the schools, the other schools have entered, right? It's like Hogwarts's turn to to entertain, and so they sing the song that they you, you hear it in the movie when they're in the forest, a hog or a tog or song. Yes. They actually have a deleted scene that Dumbledore uses his magic to actually put up an a like sing-along banner like in, <laughs> like in, in the school and he's doing like a magical yeah. sing along. Oh that's amazing. But the whole school and that actually, that that scene connects into Moody's introduction. Yes, and like he's standing outside the school in the rain, and you can hear them singing this song. Hilarious. So it's a, kind of this contradicting, like they're oh, these kids are singing this happy song, <laughs> yeah. and here comes this dark character. Yeah, yeah. But like, I think you know, I don't think that scene should have been in the movie. But that right, right. that is kind of the, that maybe something. That's like a that touch is, that would have been. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right, like right. that is kind of magical, like. Mm-hmm.
1: It's a little ridiculous, but it is kind of, it's, it's kind weird. of magic. It's oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh but it's it is magical. But yeah, I think that's that's kind of my my biggest qualm with the movie yeah. is that I just it, I miss that and that's kind of what hurts my score yes. a little bit because I'm like I wish if you're going to keep anything from Prisoner, keep that. Yes.
0: But I, I I like the acting better by everybody. I like the For sure. the action scenes better by everybody. I like I think the story is maybe not as maybe not as strong but it's more as, maybe not as emotionally strong but it's more entertaining mm-hmm. and and just I love the introduction of all the dark the dark elements and to the, for me like yeah I really love this I, I did give this four and a half stars sure. it's really strong uh, and again maybe that is because I do have this you know Kind of built-in love for this. I do. I do think there's a nostalgia but, factor at but play I, here. I, I that's just, okay. I, I. It's not a perfect movie. It's yeah. not a perfect movie. It's not five stars, and it's not. It's not a better movie than the than the third one. Right. And when we get to rankings, I'm not going to try to argue that. Okay. But, good. But I just. I do really, really connect with this movie. I think it's really strong. I think that's great. I, I do think you're right. I
1: do think the action sequences are very strong, and there's things I do like. I think the acting, like you said, is very strong. And you know it's not as emotional, but I I will say that that scene with Amos Diggory we're gonna we're gonna talk about that is just it's crushing, and you walk away from it and you're like oh my god like that's that's so real life to to even again that's why it feels like today because you have to watch those parents on uh, the news doing that and it's not fun. It's not, there's nothing good about this. And that's why it's so reminiscent. And you're just like, man, this is such a powerful scene. So uh, for that alone, I'm like, that's, that's what the movie builds up to, I think. I think that's the climax of this movie, really, because yes. it, the Voldemort stuff, fine, but, like, that scene is the climax of this movie, and it's it's an excellent scene. It's the
0: emotional climax. It's so. the emotional climax. And you're right, like, the whole movie isn't emotionally as effective, but that scene, I would that put up scene, against, uh, against all of it. I would put up against all of it. And um, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, I literally cried watching yeah, that scene. Like, it's it's, it's it, excellent. It's,
1: it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely excellent in, in the way it's shot and the way it's performed. It's that's not a I mean. fun scene. It's not a fun scene to sit through you're right it is it is heartbreaking it is crushing but it's 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 well done it's well acted it's well shot everything about it works um so for me i i have this at four stars myself the only reason it's four stars is because i just miss those magical touches so much yeah that just i i, I just i wanted it back like i was like i understand you're trying to like for david newell i'm like i understand he's trying to like craft his own movie but i wish that um as we always talked about with justin lynn i wish he kind of honored what came before and looked at the movie and said Those magical touches are really cool. Let's keep that going in this movie. And we can just keep that as a running thing through these movies. Because that's, I mean, truly, that's brilliant what he did in that movie. And I'm just like, he should have kept that. I think that kind of weakens it for me a little bit. So I have it at four stars. And plus, I don't think, like you said, outside of that scene, it's not as emotional this time around. Mm -hmm. And it's it's more just kind of an action-packed. You know romp through the harry potter world, and that's fine but I, I think i just like the story more of prisoner so that's me though but no, uh, four it's stars four completely
0: stars Completely fair it's completely i mean that's the thing you know i don't want us to agree on everything really <laughs> right like, you right. know what i mean so that's completely fair well let's talk uniqueness you know what stands out to you in this film
1: darkness the yes. dark quality of it like the teen i keep saying it but like it captures teen angst so well um the fact that this is a essentially a transition movie into what is going what this series is basically going to be moving forward yeah we we literally watch the transition from wide-eyedness to adulthood in a way from childhood to adulthood that's what this movie is and it does such a good job of it yeah and I, also the better acting how action-packed it is i think this is probably this is probably gonna be one of the most action-packed harry potter movies you yeah. get
0: outside of maybe like uh deathly hollows 2 yeah. but
1: um yeah those are some of the things for me
0: yeah uh also the keen-eyed nature of the film yeah you mentioned so uh, does this bring anything new <laughs> yes
1: it brings uh <laughs> brings the the darker quality to this, but it also brings uh, new characters, a lot of new characters, some standout characters. Your Mad Eye Moody's, uh, again, I think this is actually too. I know we we say like, oh, we got the new Albus Dumbledore last week, but I really feel like this is where like Michael Gambon comes into his own as Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Like this is the one. This is really the Dumbledore is when we really yeah. get him. So. Uh, I mean this is the first PG-13 film in the series that makes sense yes that makes sense I imagine it's because of like scary images and yeah. stuff I know that can sometimes push it to 13 that makes total sense yeah and absolutely. I believe it stays that way all the way through to the end
0: uh no the uh, 6 is actually believe it or not PG half Princess PG are you serious yeah. Yeah.
1: that's fascinating I'm gonna double check that but I'm, I'm pretty sure I, w- I, w- yeah. I would have been convinced that was PG-13 no. wow that's and that's a dark movie
0: yeah huh. and it's also kind of like like it's very like teen romance. Too, so i'm surprised about that oh okay yeah well, okay um, then they got pg for that one i don't know <laughs> um well what's the best scene for you here oh man there's a lot of good stuff yes there is um, there's a lot of good stuff um you
1: can pick it's not every scene obviously but there are some really good things i have always for me the thing that really works i just love the dragon scene i love the harry and dragon scene i think that first task is so well done I think it's well shot. I think it's like they really play with the fact that Harry could die here because that I mean, that dragon is merciless. I mean, that <laughs> thing wants to kill Harry and he's like just getting away with it. And I just love that how it's shot. I love how the um the dragon looks. It looks menacing. Um, and It's flying around. It's trying to take Harry out. And it, it's 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 excellent.
0: I think it's really the effects excellent. Hold up on that. Too. The effects
1: hold up really well for me. And uh, the broom flying through it is really good because we don't really get a Quidditch game in this. And I think that's kind of like the Quidditch
0: moment, quote unquote, is him flying through with that dragon. I really like it. I know people kind of critique that movie or that moment because in the book, he stays in the area. And in the movie, they oh, go out. Oh no! But I, I really like that they do explore the castle more. Yeah. And there's and this I much like the, more, like, cha- yeah, again, chaotic you, scene. It's chaotic, and like the dragons, like destroying parts of the castle. Yeah.
1: It's, it's just cool to it's watch. Intense. I love it.
0: Yeah, it's intense. Uh, all three tasks are stand out to me. The resurrection of Voldemort yeah. to Yeah. Oh yeah. I love the even though we don't see it. I love like just the whole Quidditch Cup like environment and right. scene. The unforgivable curses scene. The Yule Ball. The dancing lesson. Yeah. You can pick but a lot. I think you know. I mean, we're looking at best, not 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 most fun. The best scene in this movie is like you mentioned, the Amos Diggory reaction. Harry's return to the from the graveyard. It, 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 yeah. That whole scene. Amos Diggory's reaction. Fudge trying to cover it up again. You know, I think it's extremely, um, unrealistic, the government trying to cover up something like this, <laughs> and, like, really, like, right, right, trying to, uh, hide, I mean, that would never happen in real life, not, so, like, not today not I don't, I don't change. understand that, but, you know, think. but besides that, like, Harry's, Harry, Daniel Radcliffe's performance of, he's back, he's back, and, and not wanting to let go of Diggory's body, yes. and Michael Gambon's reaction as Dumbledore, and, Am- and I don't know the actor, but Ambus Diggory's reaction to, you know, my that's my boy, that's my son. I mean it it yeah. is it's it destroys it's heart- you. It destroys heart- you. Yeah,
1: it's so, really good.
0: And that whole scene I mean I think that is the best so scene. So I I i will say because i knew you
1: were going to pick that scene my dragon scene is a runner-up i'm fully aware of yeah. that like that is the scene you know, if
0: we're going like fun scenes that i i agree with you right it's, it's probably the dragon stuff right uh, although i do like the mermaid stuff too that that, that, that the, the lake scene's not like exciting as exciting it's fine i it's, think it's, i like it more than the maze it's visually impressive though yes but that's, that's why i like it yeah
1: it's really cool um but yeah, I think I think you know you're absolutely right. It is the Amos Diggory scene, Cedric Death scene. That is the best scene of this movie. Yeah. Um well,
0: connectivity, how does this fit in with the rest of the franchise?
1: It's the fourth year, it's goblet of fire, you know? That's why it fits in. Yeah. It's the fourth year and <laughs> well, it's the goblet of fire.
0: Well, we mentioned, you know, the last week with Prisoner of Azkaban. They kind of walk this line of like the darker elements and they're kind of oh, hinting yeah, yeah, yeah. at it. So this is And I is think the one this is, is they... picking up in that and then running with you're
1: it. You're absolutely right. This is the one where they completely transition into that darkness and um go we're just gonna go full teen angst we're gonna go full like here's what they're feeling you're gonna kind of like feel their teen angst on screen even the way it's shot it's very uh it's almost gloomy in yeah. a way it's almost like the way it's 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 very dark and like tinted and almost gloomy.
0: Dan Radcliffe's
1: hair is it's long and, <laughs> long and yeah. messy and so yeah. he doesn't really, yeah, like, like
0: any teenager. And you know, easy question is this a worthy continuation of the franchise. Absolutely. 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 I don't think that's gonna change through all of Harry Potter. That, not the main, line, movies, not the main no. line. Not the main line,
1: not the main line.
0: All right, my friend. So before we go into the future of the franchise, I'm going to go into my personal favorite segment of this whole <laughs> episode, this whole show. Let's do some casting and some fun facts. Let's and do it. We got quite a bit to get through. Um, so for casting, John Hurt was originally going to reprise his role as Ollivander in the film but his scenes were eventually cut. Oh, cool. I imagine this um, I know at one point they do like a wand weighing ceremony right. for the, uh, the tournament. wizard, yeah. Yeah, and he kind of is there and I think there might be some other wand makers as well that kind of look at the wands. They have to like you know, they, they announce what they're made of and what they right. are and So they, they basically find the most renowned
1: wand makers Yeah, out to there talk and, about yes. it
0: and, and they whatever and you learn more about like the wands and like there's a whole thing I don't even think I have ever written down. There's a whole thing like about Fleur. They introduced like, in the book at the tar- the Quidditch tournament they introduced like, what's called a, I think it's pronounced a Vila. Right. Which is like this creature that like seduces men or like allows like, oh. men become like obsessed with and she is like part Vila. Like her grandmother was a Vila oh, or something nice. like that. Um, and her, her the And they have like w- I think they have wings or something. I don't, I don't remember. I do not have read it. But a feather... From her grandmother, sure, what is in her wand? So, like, do you find out like oh, more of that? Cool. Like, yeah, like things yeah. like that, and also might explain why she is kind of like like everybody, like everyone's obsessed with her, her, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, because she kind of has that nature, she has to that her. thing. Oh, um, God, this is why we do fun facts. <laughs> uh, but uh, Rosamund Pike was offered the role of Rita Skeeter, oh, uh, but she rejected it due to lack of screen time and apparently having to commit to at least two movies because I think they were going to have her come back for the next movie that's but a shame. she she doesn't uh, do that she doesn't That the, the character doesn't come
1: back I the next movie I'd I be think. honest that's pretty wild turn down a Harry Potter movie just for lack of
0: screen time it's mm-hmm. still kind of like it's Harry Potter well, think, like
1: you don't want to be a part of that world
0: I think it was just I, it was, I think it was more I feel like it was probably more the commitment of like right. like yeah what, three like, movies or two, it was two I think it was at least Even two that. but it's <laughs> like she doesn't want to be committed to doing that some people don't want that you nah, know, you know so. I know I know I won't, I won't guilt her rush my butt I'm going to as we know, Robert Pattinson got the role of Cedric Diggory, but yes, he, um, he uh, was not the only one to audition for that role. Of course not. Uh, there was a man, you know, I don't know if you know this guy, you, you might say he's a uh, pretty super, uh, Henry Cavill auditioned for the no role way. of uh, Cedric Diggory. A very young Henry Cavill. Did not get the role. Fascinating. Um, and I'll just say this, this is not the first time that, or this this won't be the last time that Henry Cavill lost out on a role to Robert Pattinson. Really? We'll talk about that when we do Twilight.
1: No freaking way. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. You know what, man? That all paid off for him, though, because Henry Cavill's Superman.
0: Yeah, and Robert, <laughs> and, Batman, yeah, so. and Robert Patton's
1: Batman, too. How weird is Batman. How weird is that? You know, Henry Cavill, that, that guy is Superman, so good for him.
0: Uh, the Dursleys were cut from the film. Uh, apparently, the actors demanded more money, so they just cut him. The actors demanded more money. You're out. Sorry. Uh, you know. Well, I get that, you know, they, they don't, also, they don't like, need it.
1: They don't really... You don't need that stuff.
0: No, we'll talk about, we're going to talk about, I think... What, they w- what the role would have been, right. you know what it was in the book, and I think that did disappoint people a little bit because they really liked that one specifically, mm-hmm. but I don't think they needed it. David Williams turned down the role of Barty Crudge Jr. due to his commitment on the show Little Britain. Okay. Yeah, um, I don't know who that is, Yeah, cool. it's, a, it's a British thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Our British fans. For uh, Madame Maxine, Carol Bouquet was the first choice for her, but the studio was... The studio she was contracted to refused to give her permission to negotiate for the role. So they had some other considerations as well. Catherine Deneuve, Audrey Tutu, Emmanuel Signor, and Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Somebody who does not appear in this series and really should. Her name, her name may pop up again. For... Oh boy. Later. I think I know what it is. Uh
1: do you really? What do you think? Uh Bella Lestrange. Nope.
0: Oh really? Nope. For the role of Man I Moody, uh Ray Winston and Billy Connolly were considered. I know Ray uh, Winston. Yeah, yeah, I know him. Great actor. Apparently, the original draft of the script of the film included the character of Ludo Bagman. Uh, we'll talk about him more when we do the differences between the book and the film. Okay. Character from the book. It was reported that Martin Landom was cast in the role, but in the following drafts, the character was removed. So oh, I, don't, cool. I don't know if that was official. It was kind of rumored that is going to get him. Right, right. Tolga Safer originally auditioned for the role of Crumb, and while he did not get the role, uh, he did get a role in the film. They created the role of... Kakarov's aid for him. So, like, and <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. see this guy, like, him. constantly yeah. around Kakarov. Yeah. Right, right. So that's they gave, they they liked him. They gave him that role. So yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Well, that's that pretty cool. That not, not in the
1: book. Not in the book. Just created a role for him. That's cool. Uh,
0: the character of Nigel, who was played by the actor William Melling, was created for the movie and is most likely considered a condensed version of the characters of Colin and Dennis Creevy. Nice. Um, okay. He does oh. come back. So uh, before the casting of Ray finds his Voldemort, uh, there were some rumors in Tizen Four of some names that producers were looking at. One of them was John Malkovich. John Malkovich. Not, not British. Not British. Yeah. So which would break, uh, which would break the rule for? So a rally. I think that that was out. Yeah. The other one, and I, I, I looked so hard to find confirmation of this, and I think I don't think there's ever full confirmation, but apparently they were considering this man, Rowan Atkinson. No way. <laughs> See, that's different. That's different. <laughs> that is um, different.
1: That's different. That's a different Voldemort. Huh. That would be interesting. I think yeah. he could do it. I, I honestly think he could. Think he could take, I yeah. think he could do it. I, I'm glad we got refines obviously. But, like, I think he could do it. There's a world where I'm like, Rowan Atkinson obviously could have been Voldemort. Wow,
0: that's <laughs> wild. Uh, some other fun facts. Some of these I might have mentioned. Uh, this is the first PG-13 film in the series. Alfonso Cuaron turned down the role of director for the fourth film because he was completing—he was busy completing the third film. So that's, you know... Oh, yeah, okay. That's really, you know, that, that's the problem when they're kind of rushing these out is they're right. not done the previous movie. They want to finish it up. Yeah, right, right. So, that's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah. So it didn't seem like there's any bad blood or anything. Right, right, right. After Cuaron left... Chris Columbus apparently briefly thought about returning to the series, but he decided against it to spend time with his family. So,
1: Well, again, that's a, he basically stopped after 3, because he was yeah. a producer on 3, and then that's kind of where he cut
0: the ties. So it sound, well, it sounds like he had a chance to come back, and huh. he just was like, yeah, I think it Yeah, be right
1: I, I think he's just, I, I, it's funny, because like, after 3, I think he's just like, I'm done, you know? Yeah. So good for him. I think this is the moment where he
0: says, I'm done, and then... Apparently, uh, uh, they did offer the job to uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Could you imagine? And uh, he obviously turned it down uh-huh. to chase other projects. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with you there. I don't mind like I'm a it's he
1: has movies that are really good. Like, I'm not going to trash the guy. I he don't, has think, some I don't great, think he could do this. I, he has some really great movies, but obviously I don't think he is a franchise director, as we saw with his last Airbender movie. Uh, I think he's better with
0: the original uh, projects. Uh, Let's just say that.
1: Uh, yeah. It's really bad. <laughs>
0: Like I mentioned, due to the size of the book, the film was considered to be broken into two movies with Steve Kloves stating that the film was always intended to be two parts, but they could never figure out how to properly split it. So I guess it's just so big. They didn't want to just like cut. They wanted to find a way to to make tell two complete stories. Right, right. The decision was eventually made that the book would be turned into one film, but many significant details would have to be sacrificed in order to do so. Right. So the creators only focused on the details that dealt directly with Harry and his journey. Right. So, right. For the underwater tasks, so for, for them to be able to make this lake or you know to film this right the crew built a blue screen tank that measured 20 feet deep and 60 s- feet square and that held about a half a million gallons of water and Daniel Radcliffe trained for six months for the underwater task and spent more than 40 hours over three weeks underwater. I wow. watched some uh, bonus, some DVD special features from that DVD I bought with my $25 Atari right. card from the computer fair I won. Right, Second place just yes, saying. Second place. Um, Thanks Ben Franklin uh, that somebody gave him like a like a log journal of Uh, like all the times he put it in it was like over 40 hours wow so this is the first Harry Potter film that John Williams did not score because he had some scheduling conflicts. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, cool. So he does not return to the series. He's, he's not in it. Again, yeah. Yeah. he's done. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, but again, I think it's it's not out of lack of interest. It's just right, a yeah. busy, you busy man. Other other things to do. Uh, Williams was replaced by Patrick Doyle, who had a working relationship with Mike Newell. I guess they had done some stuff in the past. And the only piece of Williams' score used is Hedwig's theme, the iconic cool theme Uh, the band lots of interesting information about this the band that plays the Yule Ball is supposed to be the Weird Sisters as mentioned in the book they give them the name in the book but they are not named in the movie this is due to the Canadian folk group, the Weird Sisters with a Y, W-Y-R-D, sisters. Oh, Apparently, Warner Brothers approached the band to get permission to use the name for the film, but an agreement could not be reached and the band filed a $40 million lawsuit Ooh, against Warner Brothers. Jesus. And the members that make up the in-movie band, we'll talk about them, uh-huh. uh, for the misuse of the name and also brought an injunction, injunction to stop the release of the film in Canada. Wow. Apparently, I, look, some of these details in the court cases might not be accurate because I I don't know. I tried to right, condense right. it. I, I you know, I don't understand law. Warner Brothers just made the band on named in the film. Right. Despite this, the band continued to pursue the lawsuit, with the lead singer claiming that, quote, consumers will assume that the smaller and less famous Canadian band is trying to take advantage of the Harry Potter fame by copying the Harry Potter band's name when in fact the reverse is true. Right. Uh, The injunction was dismissed, and the lawsuit was settled in 2010 with the full details being sealed, so we don't really ever know. Okay. Franz Ferdinand was the first choice for the Yule Ball band, but they declined. Uh, In the movie, the band is made up of a couple different members a couple different bands. Okay. We have... Uh, Jarvis Conker and Steve Makey of the band Pope. Uh Johnny Greenwood and Phil Selway of Radiohead. Interesting. So that's
1: that's fascinating because uh, Johnny Greenwood, kind of a big movie composer now himself.
0: Well, there you go. So yeah. maybe maybe you got the itch after doing maybe Harry you got Potter. the itch. And Jason Buckle of the band All Seeing Eye and Stephen Clayton of Add N to X. So those those are the members of the band. Yeah,
1: I gotta be yeah. honest with you. Pulp and Radiohead were the only two I knew. No, no, no
0: I know. <laughs> I, and, I don't, I, and I think those it's other ones... It's good you named them all, yeah. but I only know two of those bands. I wanted to give it over to the proper. I knew that, that those are really what yeah. it is. <laughs> but it's cool that they got Pulp and Radiohead yeah, to, to do cool. that. Very so, cool. Despite the house of characters of Dobby and Winky not being featured in the film, two house elves can be seen riding llamas during the, the campsite scene in the, the Quidditch World Tournament. See, there you go. People complain, and they're there. Uh, in the film, anytime a potion was used, it was actually soup. You can see. <laughs> nice. Uh, the credits, Gaspacho. <laughs> The credits feature a disclaimer that no dragons were hurt during the filming of the movie. Fascinating. Wow. Yeah, I was worried about those dragons. And the film received one Academy Award nomination for art direction, but it lost to Memoirs of a Geisha. Okay, cool. Nice. And some major differences between the book and the film. Uh, Due to the size of the book, a lot of side stories had to be cut to fit the main story in the film. Just try to run through them as quick as possible. In the book, the Weasleys get Harry from the Dursleys, but this was removed, and instead Harry is already at the Weasleys' home. So I know that disappointed a lot of people because they wanted to see the interaction of the Weasleys and the Dursleys. (laughs) It would have been fun, but it's it's not needed. It's, It's not needed. It's fun, but it's not needed. No. Uh, The gameplay of the Quidditch World Cup was removed from the film. Many side characters are removed from the film, including uh, Ludo Bagman, who's Uh the head of the Department of Magical Games and Sports at the Ministry of Magic. Uh Uh, He had a storyline in the book where he was making bets on the Triwizard Tournament and tried to help Harry cheat the Triwizard Tournament so he would get money. And he owed money to, like, goblins or whatever. And the Weasley twins got in on it and they were blackmailing (laughs) him or something like that. Ron's brothers Bill and Charlie Weasley have more or have roles in there. Yeah. Um Lucius Malfoy's wife Narcissa is shown in the book but not in the not in the movie. Sure. We see her later. Winky the house elf, Dobby the house elf, and Bertha Jorkins, who is a Ministry of Magic employee who was tortured and killed by Voldemort to get information about the Triwizard Tournament, are all characters featured in the book that are not in the movie, and Amazing. they all kind of have significant stuff. Uh, Neville is used as a replacement for Dobby in the story, with him being the one to help Harry discover the use of Gillyweed for the second task. In nice. the book, it's it's Dobby. It's Dobby yeah. Uh, while Rita Skeeter does appear in the film, her storyline is significantly smaller than the book, and there is no reveal of her being an unregistered animagus that spies on harry and his friend so in the book she keeps getting all this information right. they can't figure out why, why. and it turns out she actually turns into an actual bug right and is sitting like around them and listening to them yes. and writing everything down so with her qu- qu- quill yeah and there's there's a whole reveal in the, the book about that and they just right. they just, cut they just blow it over. yeah yeah it's fine the role of Sirius black is condensed into one scene instead of being spread out so he meets with them several times but right. you don't need that which right. one time in the book Harry sees three separate Death Eater trials and in the movie this was just condensed into one again fine yeah Uh, uh, The movie does not show Fudge's refusal of the return of Voldemort and is left to be explored in the next movie. Mm -hmm. Again, I appreciate that because unrealistic government expectations, they would never do that. (laughs) Um, With the absence of the house elves also came the absence of Hermione's storyline of the creation of Spew. Right, which is the uh, agency, or like you know, the right, the 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 right to try to help uh, house elves, right, and, and right. get them rights, and it, it you know, it's comedic because she's trying to like give them rights, and they don't really want it, like just stop yeah. being abused. They're like, I'm happy, I'm yeah, fine, yeah, they're fine, they're fine. <laughs> In the movie, Babette's is depicted as an all-girl school, and Dumbstrong was depicted as an all-boy school. Right. But in the book, they're both mixed gender. Oh, cool. So, yeah. It's makes just, sense. they're like, oh, this is a girl champion, this is a boy champion, so let's just make them all that. Yeah, that, that works. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, the third task originally featured various challenges, obstacles, and creatures inside of the maze, including a riddle asking Sphinx. But these were all removed from the film. So oh, maybe nice. maybe they make it a little bit more exciting for you. Yeah. In the book, Barty Crouch Jr. suffers the mentor's kiss, having his soul sucked from his body. But in the movie, he's simply sent to Azkaban. And in the book, Hagrid breeds a creature named a blast-ended Scroot sk- that the students have to take care of during class as well. As are featured in the third task, but they're just removed from the film. Not necessary. Uh-huh. And uh, I believe there's also a... I, uh, I didn't reread the book for this and I couldn't find it exactly, but I think it's before the third task, there's a like a family visit day where they let the family visit the champions. Okay. And they tell Harry his family's here and he's like, The Dursleys? Yeah, it's right, like, right. And it's the Weasleys and right, they tend to visit right, them. Right, So and that's where course. Bill and Charlie I think play a, a play a part, part as well. In, right. Um there's a lot there's a lot there. There's a there's a lot there. But I, don't, a lot there. I, don't, I don't I think it's fine. i mean, I, it's I really think too. it's fine. I think I mean. it's fine too. It all works. It, it's fine. Like you don't like yeah, it's fun that the Weasley twins are exposing this, you know, government gambling thing, but like why? Why? Why not?
1: You know, why? <laughs> you, why? You it doesn't need, need to it. be in
0: the movie. You're right. It does not need to be in the movie. Uh, so, future of the franchise, should there have been a sequel to Did this? you uh, blow over my. Oh. Fun fact? oh, hello there. Hello there, my friend. I think you uh missing something. There. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not been listening to our episodes, we ha- we've been uh, greeted or, or yeah. we've, we've been uh, gifted with the appearance of Mr. Bruce of Springsteen. Well, I wouldn't call it a gift. Uh, but he's, the last couple weeks here. Uh, in the first movie, we found out that he, he wrote a song. I for, did, uh, I did. for it's the first I'll movie. Stand By You or something. <laughs> it was not selected to be in the Harry movie. Potter
1: one. I wrote on the disc,
0: I and, remember. Uh, he's kind of been uh, hanging around the studio for a little bit. I'm here. Do you have a song to speak for us? Uh, no, I don't. I don't have any songs. Uh, uh, but, but
1: I, I, I wrote songs for all the movies, but uh, I, I realized they're not very good. <laughs> so I stopped. I stopped.
0: Uh, but, you know, you're right. I did forget because I believe, am I right, that, that with, you know, the band at the Yule Ball, right? was it actually supposed to be I you, was, right?
1: Uh, I was asked to be in the band at the Yule Ball for this movie. Harry Potter and His Giblets of Fire. I don't think that's the name. Well, I read the book and I watched the movie before I came here. It's Giblets of Fire. Yeah, I was asked to be in the band and I wrote another song for it. I'm not going to sing the song because it's not very good. But I had a whole song about uh, high school dances being awkward. And uh, Sounds fascinating. Yeah, it is. It is fascinating. I had another song written too, actually about Cedric Diggory. It was called Cedric Diggory is History. But they thought it was, they yeah, thought it wasn't tasteful.
0: That's a little inappropriate, man.
1: Well, oh, they, that's what they told, funny enough, that's what they told me. They said <laughs> it was inappropriate. And I said, what do you, what do you mean it's inappropriate? And they said, you know, this is a very heavy scene. And I said, really? Because I, I laughed. I thought it was great. All right, well. Uh, There's something off with this guy. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't man. like this. Uh, Are you coming back next week? or i was planning to i mean i'm hanging out here in the room i just sit in the studio and wait for you guys to come in and uh record really i'm sitting in the corner it's weird there's a etching under the chair it says schwarzenegger was here what does that mean oh that's a long story man so <laughs> that's a, a long story don't say that name we don't want him to come we back. Don't, we, don't, we don't if he hears i swear <laughs> to you he will come through that door so please don't say that again all right just Pretty cool. You yeah, Schwarzenegger here, but okay. All right. So are you going now? Is that, is that it? Yeah, I'll go. But, uh, I'll see you boys next week. Right? Franchise me. Featuring Bruce Thanks, and Bruce. Brian. Close enough. And Anthony. Is that right? Close all that matters enough. is that Bruce is going to be hosting Franchise Me in a few weeks. That's not true. <laughs> that's not <laughs> true. I've told you that. Nobody said that. Nobody said that. Well, all right. Then I'm going to get out of here.
0: Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, Jesus now that that's over, uh, you know, let's, uh, Let's talk about the future. of the I franchise. I don't like Bruce anymore. <laughs> I think I'm becoming less of a fan. Oh, man. Like,
1: I like his music, but, like, the person,
0: Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, future of the franchise. We always run through this quickly for this series. Should there have been a sequel to this? Yes. What do you want to see in the future?
1: Order of the Phoenix.
0: And uh, do you have any franchise stars you would like to add to this? Any British actors you think <laughs> would do a good job? I'm out of there? British actors. I have, um, <laughs> I'm surprised, uh, Julie Andrews. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Anthony Hopkins
1: is a great choice. Andy, sir. There you go. That's... Yeah, I'll take uh, Julie Andrews.
0: I know. uh, Age... Taking the age out of it. Wow. Do you think julie andrews could do and taking and like the the appearance out of it mm-hmm. but do you think julie andrews could do an umbrage yes i do i i actually think if there if the age wasn't
1: there if like she wasn't like older, older yeah. at that time and she was still like relatively young i think and, and mary poppins didn't come out when it did like if there was like a time thing there it would be so cool that she was like the most likable character and the, the most, most despised <laughs> character of all time you know what I mean? That would be, like, really great. So, yeah, I think in another
0: world, she could have been Umbridge. Yeah. That leads us into the ranking of these films. We have four films. Let's rank them, my friends. Yes. So, uh,
1: number four we have uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Number three. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, Number two. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And number one. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Very good, yes. I think
0: that's where that goes. Where's the giblets of fire going? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: that guy's an idiot. I mean, he really... He he thinks... But, like, I, what gets me is that he talks to you like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't know what you're talking just, about. Whatever. Him, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little worried about what he's going to say next
0: week for Order of the Phoenix. That's a mouthful. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Yeah, I think you might get a little confused. Yeah, you might... <laughs> Um, is he okay <laughs> do you have any other like closing comments or things you want
1: to say yeah I, I guess really quickly like uh, you know Goblet of Fire is a it's a much better movie than people uh, well that a specific fan base hates because yes. I don't think a general I don't think general audiences dislike this I think the Harry Potter book fan base dislikes this. And like
0: I said, I um, did see I did see people and I'm okay with that if you think no, it's, no, a it's a bad but adaptation. But I did see people recognizing it's a, great movie. it's a it's a good yes. movie. Yeah.
1: I, I I think this is a very good movie. Um, also stop going after Michael Gambon it's a great performance stop giving him but flack I have a question for you sure did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire Harry yes I. I it's a great movie I, I really like this one I, I'm very excited to keep moving forward to rank all of these Um. but Goblet of Fire it's excellent it really is it's excellent it's action packed it's fun and obviously it's Harry Potter I'm sure you've seen the movie yeah. So, but watch it anyway
0: next watch week anyway. Uh, we have Order of the Phoenix coming up I know this is the one <sighs> that we've kind of pointed at and been like ah! yeah this is the, the well this is and
1: I think that's kind of the generally accepted opinion yeah, um, well this, opinion in, this, this chamber. Movie.
0: Well, I don't know. People
1: love this movie. I have seen really? a lot of people love this movie. So I, I'm going off letterboxed ratings. And I'll tell you this right now. The first four movies all have pretty good ratings. Like around like four to five. Like it's mostly four stars to five stars like maxing out there. Five onwards drops to like three to four stars. You. And the only factor that changes is... Is David Yates directing? <laughs> and I just want to point that out because I think that might have something to do with it. We'll talk, and about, we'll that. talk about it. Yeah. We'll talk about it. But. Just pointing it out there.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see about that. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm looking forward to next week, but I'm also like I'd rather get to the next couple of movies after that. You know, I think there's some more <laughs> interesting stuff yeah, on the horizon yeah. after that. So, yeah, but for yeah. sure. Uh, well, my friend, that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Tony. Yes, uh, we appreciate everybody for their support. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Franchise Me Pod. You can see all of our rankings on Letterboxd. It's Franchise Me, just one word. And you can send us an email. Email franchise me at gmail.com. Give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Give us your feedback so we can get better each week. Tell a friend. Tell somebody. Please, S- yeah. Send you know. Let a somebody know. Mind. Let them know. Uh, there's two idiots on, the, on on online talking about Bruce, Bruce Springsteen <laughs> and Harry Potter. You know. <laughs> Let great. them know. Also, check out our bonus series, A Year in Franchises, where each episode we break down all the franchise movies in a year. Don't forget to check our, our website, FranchiseMePodcast.com, where you can see all of our episodes. Make sure you come back next week as we discuss the fifth film in the franchise, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Don't you put your name like I'm in the fire!